Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode. And is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. fans and welcome back to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast this is episode number 40 and it is monday july 17th 2017 in fact it is our season four finale i am joe Murata. this is michael quinn how you doing quinn howdy doody we've made it to 40 the 40th howdy doody the 40th howdy doody 40 years would you say of our vantage point this is 40 <laughs> that should just be the name of the episode this is 40 yeah, that's right this is 40 it's a pretty funny movie too yeah it's a good movie it is pretty good right yeah, it's, it's, it's not bad it's not the best one of that whole genre yeah of the like Judd Apatow and Paul Rudd is in every single one of them yes it's not like the best but Paul it's pretty Rudd good from the Super Nintendo commercial <laughs> yeah <laughs> good call yeah anyway folks thank you so much you made a good call too by choosing to listen to our vantage point we appreciate your listenership, your tuning in, your pushing the play button, whatever it is you do, however you get us. Thank you so much for the last 39 episodes. We're thankful to be with you on episode number 40. It's our season four finale. We have the predetermined topics, Quinn. Just like wrestling, predetermined. <laughs> Here we are. Here we are. Here we are. This whole thing's just, it's fixed, guys. <laughs> the whole time you were listening for 40 years and it's been fixed. So anyway, thank you, of course, for joining us. We are here to talk to you about the world of retro wrestling. You can find us a few places, Quinn. One of those places is Twitter. You can tweet at us at OVP Podcast. Ah, yes, the tweets. There's always the tweets. Uh, you can also email us if you still use that at ovppodcast at gmail.com that is ovppodcast at gmail.com and Quinn there's a Facebook group that's really been heating up I guess they uh, say it's a hot it's a hot toddy there it's a hot group <laughs> hot stuff Eddie Gilbert the group well you can go on over to facebook.web and you can go search for our group Yes. Uh, our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. Now, there's two things that you yeah. might find, right? Yeah, you might find our like promotional consideration page, or you find the group. And when you find right. the group, you hit join, and then we let you in. It's it's very simple. We just, you know, it says on our phone, hey, so-and-so is like, I want to be in this group, and then we just say yes. Right. We so, always say yes. yes. I don't think we've denied anyone No, we yet. haven't denied anyone. Maybe that could be the goal for season five. Let's deny so many, people. So many people will have to deny, <laughs> turn, them turn away. them away at the door. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that's fun. You can talk to us about anything you want there. Any suggestions you have? We actually, Quinn, on that group, mm. we've shared a spreadsheet yes. with everyone on that group. And you can contribute your suggestions direct to that spreadsheet yeah um it's it's in a format where you put your name mm -hmm. what the topic is and what type like review or rushmore death alley like that or you know you put miscellaneous yeah. like if it's just like hey can you talk about this like <laughs> yeah like miscellaneous and we'll figure like, out a way to talk about it yeah so you can put that on there and give us suggestions we're gonna be going through that list for we got a lot it's getting full we really, it's really strange, isn't it, that people want to know what we think about stuff and. Well, when you've been doing this for forty years, yeah, that's I mean, point, Quinn. I mean, we're like we have more experience than Meltzer now. <laughs> We've oh, somehow geez. eclipsed him. We've eclipsed Meltzer. Wow, yeah. finally, that's yeah. great. We didn't eclipse his hair though from that Donnie oh, show. That was, yeah, go check that out over at the YouTube page. That's right. We have a YouTube page. It's a uh, YouTube.com. Yes. 
and it's called what our vantage point retro wrestling podcast yeah it's just a youtube channel and it has all our archive like live watches i know we've been asked on the group yes. hey do you have any live watches well we do sir we do sir yeah and we watch tv yeah we watch the wrestling we with comment you. And yeah, we watch it with you and we comment on it. Yeah, we watch, we do them live first and they end up archived on there. Right, so we can actually do live stream them. And if you happen to catch us, we will try to acknowledge your chat and talk to you through right. it as well. Right, but you can also just enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Relax. To. Exactly, just relax. Now, there's some other places to find us now. We're, we're hosted on SoundCloud, right? Yes. And people probably know that if they're a fan of the show. I hope they do. And if you're listening to us on SoundCloud, you don't have to. There's another place. There's actually a bunch of them, but one of them, Quinn, is uh, the Apple Podcasts. Yes, or iTunes Music, whatever they call it whatever nowadays. They call it now, and there's obviously the reviews. There's options over there. Yes, you there can, are. First of all, you can hit the subscribe button, and yeah. then you don't have to look for this anymore, and it just poops it out into your phone, and blah blah blah. Well, you're said. good. You're all set, right? Mm-hmm. But after that, say you really, really, really like this podcast, right? You can go and leave a review. We love those. Yeah, and when you leave the review, it says, we like this, or I don't like this, and then (laughs) it helps people. They're like, oh, I know what that is now. They can just look in the reviews. So if you want, for the special 40th anniversario, Mm -hmm. you can Uh leave a review. Uh Uh And then there's other places too, Quinn? Yeah, there's uh, Google Play Music. Who cares? Stitcher. Who cares? Blueberry. Who cares? Auto. Who cares? Tune in. Who cares? Player.fm. Who cares? And a other menagerie of places. <laughs> there is a big menagerie. One place, though, that we do care about is the place to be nation.com. Oh, uh-huh. ho, ho. We are on the place to be nation. That's our mother sip. That is our mother sip. And uh, they have some great podcasts on there. Their main podcast, you know, the gold standard, as they say, (laughs) the place to be podcast with uh, Scott and JT. But there's another good one on their pro wrestling only feed. Yes, there is. Big fan of his. And I think he's a big fan of ours, too. Petey. Petey. (laughs) Peter Winston. That's his name? Yeah. Petey. Yeah. Petey Petey Winston. And little Petey Winston does uh, greetings from Allentown. It's a great podcast. It really really is. is. It's kind of in the same vein as us, kind of. It is. It is. And it's a one man show. Yeah. And he reviews certain random shows and he's got a very new england dry sense of humor he's funny guy he is a funny guy so uh shout out to gf allentown so quinn i think we've gotten all of our plug no we didn't get all of our plugs out of the way i have Uh one more who else the ovt right the ovt we almost forgot yeah we almost forgot how could we how could we and and you know we might have to make a 40th anniversary OVT eventually. Oh, wow. Maybe a 50th. Maybe we'll wait to the 50th. The all? Diamond Jubilee, whatever they call it. I don't know. You, you UK guys can tell us what Jubilee we're at. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what Jubilee we're at. Yeah. I've never kept track of my Jubilees yeah, over I, the years. Maybe we're like sapphire encrusted something. It doesn't sound that good. Nothing encrusted sounds very good. Panko encrusted chicken is pretty good. Not bad. Not bad. But uh, anyway, the t-shirt we're talking about here, you can find that at teespring.com. That's T-E-E spring.com slash OVP podcast. You can buy the shirt. It's a white t-shirt with a nice OVP logo right in the middle. for the summer. Great for the summer. It's a hot month, July, August. You can go to the beach with it on and you won't get hot because it's white. Right. Yeah. And people will know that you like our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. They'll be like, hey, what's that? And they'll ask you about it, and you could be like, it's the best podcast. Yeah. And then, you, and then they're like, oh, I gotta listen to that. And then they listen to it on the beach. And they hate it. And they, they're like, what? <laughs> you like wrestling? <laughs> yeah. 
It's kind of disappointing. Yeah, and it's just sad. But it's still a journey. It's a, As a wrestling fan, it's a journey, and you got to turn people on to the wrestling. That's right. It's all one big journey. Yeah. Well, I guess enough schmoozing, huh, Quinn? No, we've been schmoozing <laughs> it up, this one. But it's a special occasion, right? 40th anniversary. Yeah. I mean, we're broadcasting live from Jones Beach. Yeah. I, I think we're going to be dancing later. We're, we're going on a cruise ship. I, I don't can't know. wait. It's, it's be a big awesome. celebration big here in the celebration. studio. <laughs> yeah. But let's get to the first topic at hand here. This is our final deep dive, I believe, Quinn, yeah. because I, I think that uh, segment is not returning. I wouldn't be surprised, folks, if it doesn't. So okay. I guess maybe for the last time, let's get our scuba gear on. That was a special one just for you. Very good. And Quinn, we're going to be talking about something that both you and I know about. So there's no surprises here. There's no, I got you. Oh, <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. oh. we're going to talk about kayfabe. Huh? K-fob. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. I have to explain now what K-fob yes. is. Okay. Before we even get into K-fabe, let's explain the K-fob. It's really nothing. You might have heard us say it throughout these last, you know, 40 episodes. Yeah. It's the way our friend used to say kayfabe, and we don't know why. Yeah, we don't. Under- he really thought it was called that. Now, and maybe I'm, it's because of Broccoli Rob is yes. R-A-B-E. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know why. And, you know, it's funny. Before this show, just a little behind the curtain, Joe said, don't br- say kayfabe. I actually, that was like a slip, I swear. Because <laughs> we're oh, having Quinn. so much fun here. We the are. party's going on. I, 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 I'm losing it, man. 40 episodes. We don't even have, we have bathing suits on yeah, here. We're just I, sitting on the beach broadcasting. Yeah, exactly. We're really not. No. More in our basement, like usual. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about kayfabe, though, Quinn. Yeah, kayfabe is the term, and there's no distinct origin of how the term came into being. Yeah, there's theories, you know, that it's fake pig Latin. There's a bunch of different theories. I've never heard said theories. Yeah. I've just known that, like, no the one fake really goings knows. on in wrestling are kayfabe. Exactly. The portrayal of events within the industry as real. The portrayal of professional wrestling and the accompanying storylines as not staged or worked. And basically what it is, it could be a noun, it could be an adjective, it could be a verb. Mm-hmm. It means don't peel back the curtain, basically. Right. It's it's kind of the, the facade of what the story is. Like, that's real. Right. But it's not. So if you wanted to use a TV analogy real quick, let's say we're watching Roseanne. Yeah. Good sitcom. Yes, a very good sitcom. <laughs> now, in kayfabe, yeah. <laughs> Dan died. Right. However you want to position it within the show. Right. Spoiler. Sorry. But in real life, John Goodman is still alive. Correct. Has the whole world gone crazy? Am I the only one around here who gives a shit about the rules? Now, that's a very basic way of saying it's... Canon. Canon. Yeah. It's in the show, right? Right. And wrestling's a show. You are supposed to suspend your disbelief. Yes. So an example of kayfabe in the wrestling world would be a heel and a face. Yeah. They shouldn't be seen in, in under the umbrella of kayfabe fraternizing together, right? Talking no. to each other, traveling together. Yeah, just like when Sheik and Duggan smoked that crunk. That would be a very yeah. good example of breaching kayfabe, right? right? You had the two enemies, Iron Sheik. Mis- Mr. America versus Mr. Iran. Yes, exactly. And they, they were like, we're smoking crack in a car together. And I'm very proud that it happened on the Jersey Turnpike. Yes. <laughs> Just right here in New Jersey. (laughs) But I guess that was actually a minor sensation at the time because it was a breach of kayfabe in a time, 1987, where it was still rather well protected. Yes. Now, there are differing theories as to can you even maintain kayfabe anymore with the advent of the internet? Because basically what happened, folks, is throughout 
the tens, the twenties, yeah. the thirties, whenever wrestling started to become uh, not a real sport, let's say, yeah, around Farmer Burns time, pretty back, much, yeah. yes. Let's say for the last like eighty years, mm-hmm. you know, and with decreasing prevalence, kayfabe was maintained. You know, Bill Watts, for example, Quinn, yeah. was like Mister Kayfabe. Ugh. Bill Watts' strength was being able to tell a story and paying attention to detail. So here's the thing with this maintaining, not maintaining. First of all, it's a freaking entertainment show. No matter what you call it, it's a circus, it's blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't, when I go to the circus, I don't think, man, those people are really like that in real life. Like, they never take off their acrobat costumes. They're, like, jumping all over the place. Like, this whole maintaining kayfabe thing, it's like, Sure, you want to to maintain integrity, in the, but it's not like the end of the world if like somebody finds out that, hey, it's a show. Well, the, the thing is, yeah, you said it perfectly. Yeah. If somebody finds out, hey, it's a show, WWE has been very blatant about that. I, I want to say at least the last 20 years, but in the mid 80s, Vince had to outside of the wrestling umbrella, like right. outside of what's presented on WWF programming at the time, he had to admit this isn't real because he didn't want to deal with the state athletic commissions anymore. Right, which was a stupid thing in the first place. It, to me, it's it's like, it's the biggest, most obvious, like, wow, we're really trying to keep this going here. We're going right. to bring, like, doctors and state athletic commission. Why are we getting in, the, in fake fighting? Like, why? Right, why right. are they there? What are they even doing? It like, was seriously. A, it was a weird situation where yeah. For whatever reason, I guess, no one wanted to be the one that let the cat out of the bag. Right. And a lot of people got pissed at Vince for doing it. Oh, they it did, yes. Because now all of a sudden, we're not wrestling. And this is in the 80s, folks. We're sports entertainment. Right. Right? That was yeah. in the 80s. Yes, that's what Vince said. You know, when my predecessors tried to pawn off that wrestling was sport years ago, you know, I mean, that's and absurd. And you came out and said it's sports entertainment and entertainment. the matches are staged. Right. And that was a major breach at the time because he basically admitted like yeah this isn't real yeah it's sports entertainment and he was right for it in the end hey who won he's still around yeah and okay i know people like kayfabe and i i do feel that there is a way to maintain it Mm -hmm. but there's also like this well it's a show at the same time you (laughs) know what i mean and we know it's a show to me what kayfabe is more to me now. It's like what we said with the canon. It's yes. the canon of the show is kayfabe. Right. Whereas, like, it's not like all of it's real. And you know? Honestly, look, if you're listening to this, I know that you know it's not real. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> but I wonder how many people are even led to believe. I'm talking kids. Yeah. Under 10 years old. You got to remember, they're born now, what, 2007? Yeah. 2008 like kids that watch it from when john cena was already the champion right right? how many of them really believe it's real do their parents let them know it's it's like santa claus almost Eh, it isn't it isn't i because i think part of the fandom nowadays with kayfabe and, Mm -hmm. and wrestling it's like we know and we're having fun with them Right. Like, that's, like, part of it. That is, is like, part of it. Because when you go to WrestleMania, people are chanting, like, things that are going on in the backstage, like, all out loud. Like Now, and people can have their problems with that, and I get why. I think it's a fun little next step to okay. it. It's, it's because if it can't really coexist with the, in the days of leaking and internet and blah, Twitter. blah, blah, it's more entertaining to have fun with the crowd. 
right and be like oh you know like wink wink and like do your storylines but like the crowd knows that you know lana's dating rusev or something right, right? it's like what, what, but they're well feuding, you know like but well everyone's said. like this is cool whatever now one thing that you have to admit though quinn is there's still nothing like that feeling of wondering, wait, was this real or not? Yes, and see, that to me, that's also the side effect that's awesome about all this. Sometimes, for example, the CM Punk incident... From 2011. From 2011, when he, his contract was legitimately up, mm-hmm. what they did there is, is they essentially said, like, we're not going to sign him, but we're going to kind of have a handshake agreement that mm-hmm. he's going to take the bell and it's going to seem really real. Vince McMahon desperately wants to sign me to a very long-term, very lucrative contract with World Wrestling Entertainment. And that's the great part about the fans knowing about this stuff is that you can make an effective storyline. That's a very it. good point. Did that did that not lead to one of the most effective angles and championship runs of the last ten years? It did, and it brought the company back from the dead because it was, in a sense, yeah, it was not hot anymore and a lot of people say they came back to wrestling because of that whole CM Punk, Summer Punk, whatever you want to call it. It did kickstart something. To give you an even earlier example from about six years earlier, seven years earlier, remember the Lita, Matt Hardy, and Edge triangle? That's another Another one that played into the real life, but even though it was kayfabe, right? Like Even though that was planned, it had people hot. It had people wondering. They're like, how dare this girl that, that he, he she yep. slept with the other guy and, and hardy and, was yeah. gone remember yeah, and, then and they, they fired the matt hardy and and wait now he's coming through the crowd because he doesn't work here but like right. they did it perfectly exactly yeah Alan, you bastard i'm gonna make your life miserable and lena you whore i'm gonna make your life miserable too so there and vince russo now remember last week we, we discussed cornet and he is a purist as, as pure can be in a lot of ways yeah. with kayfabe and White a lot of is things. snow when it comes to kayfabe and yellow is pee yeah. when it comes to the way he smells probably <laughs> but about vince russo who probably smells like greasy pizza mm-hmm. but we're talking about that kind of thing russo knew how to capitalize on that because what's one of your favorite late 96 mm-hmm. is this shit real yeah. type of angles pillman's got a gun this is ridiculous. Pillman's got this. Oh, what the? What the hell is that? Does somebody call the police? You have to understand the mindset too. You might look at it now and laugh, but when we were watching it, kayfabe was very much like it was still, still a thing. In fort, it was known that it was fake, but it was enforced. It was enforced yes. very hard and for pillman to do this and austin to attack him at his house mm-hmm. we'd never seen anyone's freaking house uh, if you were in a fight with a guy <laughs> and you didn't like him and it kept escalating uh-huh. it might lead to a violence of this nature right if if you're in your house mm-hmm. and your leg is like got like all this goo going into it and whatever remember his leg was all screwed up <laughs> yes like and your wife's there, mm-hmm. you may perhaps, the guy's trying to break into your house, mm-hmm. you may do what he did. Right. And so it seemed very real. And that's one of those things that you can keep the open secret the way it's been for yeah. all these years now, right? And and obviously even more so now with social media. Right. But when you get people invested, right. when you get people wondering... When you get people intrigued, it's always going to work. You can always still maintain right. kayfabe. You can always still maintain that suspension of disbelief for a fan if you do it right. Yes. I think going forward, 
the best use of kayfabe as a thing mm-hmm. will be the continued blurring the lines. It might be the only way to go. The problem is, is nowadays when you have guys acting all goofy, like, for example, the New Day, yeah. it doesn't seem realistic that they can beat up anybody, right? Like, sure, they're big dudes, whatever, like, you know, they're bigger than the average guy. But, but they're clowns. Like, they're clowns, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, but they're catering to, like, another kind of kayfabe, like an internet fandom that likes the goofy stuff. Right. And it's like, eh, it's... You know, it's not going to get them ahead as much as, say, you know, some guy breaking into some dude's house. And you might think <laughs> that, hey, uh, you know, that guy, I, I heard they didn't like each other in the back. And right. This might not be OK. Right. Like, sure. You know what I mean? Like, and that's that's what more is going to be needed going forward. I agree with you. Yeah. Now, some people I've seen, I'm not going to name the names, but they're wrestling journalists and it's not Dave Meltzer, you know, have a big problem. And I want to get your thoughts, Quinn. And obviously, folks, at any time. You're listening to this. Let us know your thoughts as well. Right. Yeah. Go on the group. Go on the group. Email us or something. Twitter, whatever you want. Some people have said, I've seen it, that they don't believe that wrestlers should be breaking kayfabe, so to speak, on Twitter, on Instagram, you know, peeling back the curtain too much. I have no problem with that. Now, why is that? Because it's a promotional avenue for them. Mm -hmm. And I like the idea and I, I honestly don't have a problem with it. Uh, them acknowledging that I'm a character on television. Right. But I'm a real person who might like, even though I'm a heel or something, you know, I like video games like you sure. do or something. And he can talk to the fans and maybe he gets some. Because, for example, like back in the day, like the heels, you know, <sighs> yeah, they, they, sure, they'd make money. But like, you know, once their run was over, what else do they have? That's yeah. a really good point. Nowadays, you know, like the heels can build up a following of people that like them for other reasons. And that's a that's a good point. Yeah. So you would safely say then we are past the point where we have, you know, your 50 year old bush light drinking like fat guy. No offense. Going to the local wrestling match mm-hmm. thinking it's real. And these two guys hate each other. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not like like no. it's over. Right. Is the yeah. cat finally out of the bag? It is. Completely, um, and it ain't going in. You can't put it back. Yeah, you can't put the cat back into the bag. You can't put... Throw can't, the bag out. <laughs> you can't close Pandora's box, right? Exactly. You can't put the genie back into the bottle. But you can work with it, and it can with, be really great. Right. I mean, even going back, one of the best angles of all times led to one of the best matches of all times was Randy Savage and Steamboat, right? Yeah. But that storyline is based off an injury. You could still do that today. Right. They don't do enough of this. Like injuries, people know injuries are real. If you if you stayed so strict to kayfabe that the dirt sheet writers were actually questioning if someone was injured, that happens. Yeah. That does happen. You could sometimes. work it into that the dirt sheets could pick it up as a real injury. The guy could be out for months mm-hmm. and then he comes back. He was never injured at all. It was just to get revenge on some guy. Right. And a great 90s example of that is when Sandman was blinded. Yes. And that's ECW of and all promotions. Yes. And they did it in, again in that realistic vein where, you know, he would walk around Philadelphia. Right. And it's like, sure, it's very kayfabe. It's, it's, it's keeping the thing, but it's also. It was plausible that that happened. It was plausible, and that's the point. Is because they showed the wrestlers in the back, and they're they're calling each other real names. Mm -hmm. You know, Nancy. What? Yeah, I didn't mean it, or whatever. Like all that, that whole thing. Exactly. And that's like that's what they got to do when stuff like that happens. If they do like an injury angle, right? They need to know everyone's saying their real names, right? 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah. well, Paul, I can't feel my legs. Yeah, Paul. Like, I even mean, that as they tried as it is. They it's tried. Like they at least acknowledge. No, Vince is going to call his son-in-law Paul, not right. Triple H. Yeah. Paul, you okay? Paul, you all right? You all right? Okay. Don't I move. Can't go by Don't move. And and no one really believed that that was real because the year before he faked his own death. Right. But if they had done it originally. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And maybe there was an accident and the set fell apart. It is ridiculous looking. It's plausible <laughs> that it could like all like fall down. Exactly. So, yes, the era of like heels and faces not acknowledging each other. It's over. There's social media. It's not going back in the bag. Yeah. And the purist out there. Does he like wrestling anymore? Like, why even bother? Yeah. <laughs> if that's what you're looking for, you're not going to get it out of mainstream. Right. Mainstream, okay? If you're, your hacky, hicky promotion mm-hmm. that draws 100 people wants to maintain kayfabe, go ahead. What kayfabe can they maintain, that's what, I know. The, the, that the, I was being like, hypothetical. It's so small. It's so small, and all these guys are just pulled in from other, now, you know. Now, what do you think about this? What? What do you think about reversing Twitter and using it to propagate kayfabe like for example um this guy attacks someone and he has like a feud and he's like on twitter like yo like you're a jackass like now they do that you. sometimes yeah. and i like that yeah see i think it can work either way at this point the people buying the tickets the people subscribing to the network and i, I know we're mainly using wwe as an example but also because they're amongst the most notable offenders of breaking kayfabe. Breaking and sometimes following it to a fault uh, in, in certain cases. In certain also. cases. You know. But anyway, the people that are you know generating all this revenue for them, they're not doing it because they think it's real. No, they are not. It's not the 1930s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, or even 80s anymore. If anything, the death of kayfabe has expanded the business because it's allowed for people to treat it like it's a show you know that an they really form that the, an art form a show or an art form that they really like i mean for cripe's sake there's there's these conventions around wrestlemania and they're just people who love wrestling they know it's fake right but they want to meet the performers right, you know like exactly. they, they want to like shake hand, even if he's a, a dastardly heel and you yeah. know they want to meet them and it, it, it works for everyone like, and and again if your heels aren't getting the desired crowd reaction Maybe your faces suck. Yeah. Maybe it has nothing to do not, with kayfabe. It's not always the heel's fault. Maybe it's the shitty 20-minute promos that are horrible. Right. It's not just kayfabe being broken. People will watch if it's interesting. Right. We watched Lucha Underground for crying out loud. There's was, no way that's real. No, that was like kayfabe to the max, but it was in this weird contained thing. It was like this, its own bubble. And we knew full well we were watching a produced like entertainment program. Yeah. You have to go one way or the other, right? It's like yeah. they just never broke the veneer. Like it was just no. like, no, this is like comic books or something. Exactly. Like, yeah. They went in one direction. They held to it. Yeah. Love it or hate it. Overall, on kayfabe, yeah, it can still get people. You can still kayfabe. Yeah. Because people know that there's that possibility of something being real or not. Yeah. And, I, and I said before the death it will never truly die because no. it's you can just blur the lines of reality and the show together, and that's really what kayfabe is nowadays. It can be done. It's not just the concept of kayfabe. It's what are you doing with what you have to work with? Right. If you use it right, it'll hook people. They're still going to care. Yeah. They don't care if it's real or not. They'll get intrigued and they'll want to see more. This anti-kayfabe, kayfabe, that is the, the kayfabe of today. 
Say what? Mm-hmm. That that that, and and that's I think what the diehards who are still fight for, you know, the heels should be heels and the faces should be like. That's what they need to realize is like, no, there is a kayfabe. It's just it's the lines are blurred, and the, that's what the kayfabe is. So. Exactly, it's working the internet sometimes. Yeah. It's working the dirt sheets. Mm-hmm. It's knowing that people are tuned in and knowing how to kind of smear those nice clean black and white lines into something resembling a smudgy gray. Yes. Back after this. I ask Schultz questions that I assume all wrestlers have been asked dozens of times. What? Is this a good business? Yeah, it's a good business. I wouldn't be in it if it wasn't. Why is it a good business? Because only the tough survive. That's the reason you ain't in it. And this punk holding the camera reading he ain't in it. Reading these rednecks out here ain't in it because it's a tough business. That's terrific. What? Is that all you got? I'll ask you the standard question. You know? Standard question. I think it's just fake. You think it's fake? Maybe in retrospect, I should have said pussy. You're listening to our vantage point, the retro wrestling podcast, the fastest growing weekly episodic retro wrestling audio podcast in the world. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our vantage point, the retro wrestling podcast. It is our season four finale, episode number 40 on Monday, July 17th, 2017. Quinn, it is time for our final Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of the season. That is. Oh, wow. This is actually a request, Quinn. Mm. Remember, we were talking about the requests earlier. Who's the lucky fan for the (laughs) finale here? It is Adrian Cotton. Oh. Yeah, he sent, he's active on the uh, Facebook community, if you will, Mm -hmm. and he wanted us to do. The Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of <laughs> Promo Guys. Aha! The mic work. Whoa. The mic men, if you will. Now, I have one caveat, Quinn. Okay. We can't do managers because we already did managers, and essentially, <laughs> managers are promo guys. They're only there to be Th- promo That's well, why. Unless you're Mr. Fuji or something. <laughs> that good. No managers qualify. Otherwise, like Bobby Heenan and Paul Heyman. Yeah, they would all be like number one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So wrestlers. Right. Wrestlers that were good on the mic or bad on the mic. Quinn, what do you think the importance is of a promo guy? Of well, a it's promo. to get you hyped up for the match. It's to advance storyline, make a point that kind point. of thing. Yeah, very like, well yeah. said. Yeah, I mean, there's, there, it's pretty basic. I mean, it, it's a character build as well. Exactly. It can yeah. be something as simple as like a getting to know you type yeah. of thing, you know? And promos obviously have been a part of the business for a really long time. Yeah. They're not new. Mm-hmm. The way they do them has evolved over the years, you know? Yeah. The, the, I'm going to pick up a mic randomly and have it in the middle of the ring, and I'm going to yeah. come out with a mic and interrupt you. Yeah. That is not quite the way they used eh, to be. How we get there is irrelevant to me. How we get there is irrelevant. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the promos from it, back in the day would be, you know, you're, you're Gordon Soli interviewing somebody like it was a real sport. Uh, Mr. Crockett has finished negotiations with Sam Muchnick of the National Wrestling Alliance, Ed, and uh, through your help and cooperation. Uh, or, you know. Yeah, or even in the 90s when JR would take them in the back or whatever. So Goldust. So Goldust, <laughs> tell us about Hoskill. Like, <laughs> you know, like that kind of thing. <laughs> exactly. And one purpose that has always served, you nailed the Quinn, is to get you excited <laughs> to yeah. make a point. Like, build, let's get something going. Yeah, to build the character. That to build that call, the character. The, I mean, those are kind of the three main things I, I, I truly feel I think you're about right. the talkers. I think you're right. Now, 
it wasn't my pick. It wasn't your pick. But I want to give the first pick to you. Ah, I get to go. You know what? You know who comes up to mind first? And, okay. and this might surprise you, but Roddy Piper. I saw her coming up to me asking me for a date. I said, man, I'm hot Rod. Are you kidding me? He said, yeah, but aren't you the one that's going to fight Mr. Wonderful? Really? Yeah, he's just, uh, he he was really good at, he was almost introduced into the WWF as a talker. He was? And and that was his main thing, and I feel like that, that gives him a lot of sway here, because he, he, that in-your-face style, it wasn't really done as much until him, that wild man style, right? Not True. The, it's kind of a pioneer in that sense, because most talkers, they, you know, it was like, hey, dude, I'm going to beat you up or something. But sure. Piper was like, no, you're stupid, and I don't like you. And then he would go off like, ah! like you know, Rambling like, maniac. Yeah, exactly. But one thing I would say, Quinn, I can't remember a single very memorable promo by him. What about the black and white thing? or the, the Yeah, but that's not good or anything. I remember what, that. What about the, the... For its quality, I the, mean. The Run DMC. No, not the Run DMC. I'm thinking <laughs> of the Piper's Pit. At the Morton Run, Downey, The Morton mean. Downey. Yeah, that's Run not DMC. good, though. Those aren't regarded as good. What about the snooker with the coconut? It's only because he smashed the coconut. What about when he made fun of Quick Drum Rick McGraw yeah, and they, they had that whole feud? Hey, look, he, he was, was a, there were so many moments. He Don't, was a hell of a talker, but if we're talking great promo, guys, I got to throw Mick Foley out there. Oh, Mick Foley's fantastic. You see, you got the choice, not me. I made my bed of nails, and now I've got no other choice but to be power bombed on it. That's but a Mick good Foley's volley. a different kind of promo. Totally different, because whereas Piper was the rambling maniac that never seemed to take anything too seriously, yeah. Foley could run the gamut mm. of emotions. He could be the the very serious, you know, uh, you know, Cactus Jack, anti-violence, ECW. Yeah, or he could be super goofy. Yeah, man, Like, this is your life, yeah. The Rock. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is your life! What? But one thing that Foley was great at, and he wasn't, you know, really after he retired, he was kind of annoying. Yeah. But in his heyday, he was great at really making you believe that what he was saying, he really felt. Yes. And Piper, too. Yeah. I, don't get I, me wrong. I wouldn't say those things don't apply to Roddy Piper. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But as entertaining as Piper is, I feel like Mick Foley had a better mix of not only entertaining, but very captivating and able to tug at the heartstrings. Oh, you weren't tugged at the heartstrings when he was cheering on Virgil? Yeah, I wasn't tugged <laughs> at the heartstrings when he was half black. Yeah. <laughs> the hot Scott. Yeah. Was he ever called the hot Scott, by <laughs> no, the way? No, it was the one-time thing. <laughs> and then and then you know that this, the famous story with that is that he painted himself and like yes. Andre gave him like permanent paint or yes. something and he had to walk through an airport looking like that. Ha ha ha! Do that to your boss. Yeah. Uh, so we got two volleys. You want to throw another one? We'll keep them flowing here for a bit. The macho man. Yeah, you know. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I know, he feels like he comes up all the time, but I mean, he really had it in every... Part in the, every aspect, every aspect that we'd ever talk about: wrestling, character, attire, look, charisma, and talking. Yeah, generational, generational, yeah. second gen. Yeah. yeah, I am the cream in the World Wrestling Federation, wait, wait minute, and there is no doubt about it. Yeah, you mean Gene Okerlund? You know that I'm the cream of the crop. 
he was great because he was so insane and unpredictable with what he would say. It was volatile. And the whole idea of this this character that, you know, he says he's a macho man. Right? I love that he plays into his name. I love the whole, you know, there's Miss Elizabeth there and he doesn't treat her right, but he's supposed to be a macho man. Like, yeah, but he's an it, asshole. It, he's just a jerk. He's, <laughs> he's not much of a man. No. And, and all the character development, too. That's the other thing is he developed his character over time. He did. You know, one by one, slowly but surely. When he turns heel, he's the arrogant king. Sure. And everything. And now I'm defending Elizabeth's honor now that I'm back with her at WrestleMania 8. Like, yes. Just so many moments with the Macho Man. Macho Man was great because not only could he be very funny, like you've probably seen Quinn, a lot of those Gene Okerlund, like yeah, cup event, of coffee, cup of coffee promo, like those little one-offs that he used to do. Yeah, not only that, but he could do some serious work too, like the Hulk Hogan feud. Yeah, and then the Jake Roberts feud, the Ric Flair, feud. and the Ric Flair feud, yeah. and not to mention some of the even some of his WCW stuff with a DDP angle. Yeah, he was a great mic guy. But I'm gonna volley one back to you, sir. Okay, the Rock. Ah. The Rock. I'm not the coach. It's it's me, Mark Lloyd. Oh, it's me, Mark Lloyd. It's a guy, guy, shut up. I mean, The Rock, when he was on fire in about like 2000, that's yeah. to me his best promo work. About 99, 2000. Yeah. Literally, the show was basically, let's listen to The Rock talk. Like he the television, that, he had like a moment in time. He had where, that quality, and I mean everything down to the mannerisms when he would talk. Like I always loved when he would do. If you smell what the rock's cooking, but then he'd like move his head yes. into the position that he would like do. Like that was one of my favorite things that he he only did it for a little while, but I thought it was like a nice little nod to how rhythmic the rock was, sure. and it was like he almost he could throw it back at you. Absolutely, yeah, he was one of the can't miss guys yeah and people, during that era people forget that because nowadays he comes in and he craps on people even though he's not going to be there the next day and the problem with that is the the rock when he was a wrestler that was his mo it was to crap on you and make you look like garbage right but that's because he was going to wrestle you right, right exactly but and that's why he was different too because a lot of wrestlers would try to put their opponents over the rock was pure trash talk all the time. Yeah. And you know, I'll volley back, speaking on that trash talk, Yep, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Personally, I think Mark Merrow is a complete piece of trash. And the same goes for his old lady. I personally like him better on the mic, believe it or not. And the mm. reason why... It's a tough one with those two. It is. And it, Austin's not as funny, you know, all the time. What? As The Rock. What? Yeah. But, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Austin was very nuanced because the evolution between the kind of psychopathic 96-97 Austin... Yeah. The, which the was... Stone... Like, literally stone cold. Phenomenal yeah. mic work. Like, very underrated yeah. at the time, anyway. And then the 98-99 kind of crowd-pleasing one, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm going to make you piss your pants and all that stuff. (laughs) I mean, I really like the psychopathic one the most. And, you know, it always goes back to the the Jake the Snake promo. There's something victorious about him talking. There's something breakthrough. There's something 
I'm above this. You right. know, like this tournament doesn't mean anything. He to never me. wore the crown. I or know anything. I am the best. You didn't need a crown. Yep. You know, like yep. and, and I love that in that promo. One besides the the, the line Austin three sixteen, but he says something to the effect of "Get that piece of trash out, out of, of my the ring. ring." Right. He, he like he, it's all this nice character building. Like, Absolutely. It's like no, I'm here now. And you're going to listen to me. And then he becomes obsessed with Bret Hart. Right. And it's such good mic work. I'm the best there is. I'm the best there was. And I'm the best there ever will be. Now, Quinn, we uh, we have a lot, and we've mentioned quite a few. There's more, though. You just mentioned a guy, Jake Roberts. Jake the Snake. When I turned you over and I seen your face already starting to swell, I have to tell you the truth, man. It made me feel good inside. Chills ran up my spine as I drug you into that ring and laid that snake on you. And you know why I do that? Because I get off on that steamboat. Yeah, another one. Jake the Snake, the low talking, right? Mm-hmm. Jake the Snake. Jake would never raise his voice. He really didn't raise his voice. He would talk like this most of the time. Yeah, and he didn't have to. He didn't have to because he can captivate you with the way he said things. I mean, just just all the, the, the WrestleMania 6 promo. With Wallowing the in the muck of avarice. Yeah, that all that stuff. Just his, when he became his Elizabeth feud. His yeah, I was just Savage. gonna say. I was gonna say when he turned heel. That is the one that really oh, cemented him. Even though he had always been good at promos, like mm-hmm. seeing him be a heel when he was more seasoned and experienced near the end yep. was so refreshing. Absolutely, and his character had taken a very dark turn. You know, yeah. so it was it was perfect. Yeah. So we got a lot now. Do you have any more? I mean, we can start picking one here well what about the hulkster the hulkster was a great one and you know people laugh at his promos rightfully so some of them but holy shit could that guy at least entertain you he can inspire you too (laughs) right he'd be like yeah like after he goes on and on but i mean hulk is a weird animal and i don't think he'll make it i think he's not the worst but i don't think he's the best either and it's because he gets a little too much into his catchphrases or like he'll start he'll have a trend Mm -hmm. like like stinky rotten infested wart whatever like he'll do he'll have like crutches and i i don't think that's a good thing that's a very good point and and, and keeping in theme with the the larger than life 80s aspect of his you know that time he would say things that weren't true like i'm gonna lift him over over my head or the, the when the referee uh the double yeah. referee he's like he starts talking about how the ref you can see dollar bills he's pointing at they're they're showing the replay yeah and he's like gene see the the, the money it's falling out of its pocket like what are you talking about right. None of that's real look at the hundred dollar bill falling out of his pocket but yeah i guess we shouldn't make it i don't think he's a top four no because he's just not nuanced enough is rick the, the, flair yes Okay, so that's another okay. one to bring to the table. Uh, okay, with Rick. Yeah, woo yeah, indeed. Woo, woo indeed. Yeah, Rick Flair. To me, I just love anything he does. Like, and it, it goes from the beginning to the end. See, for me, it doesn't go beginning to end. It ends around 1998. No, <laughs> I don't like anything of his after that. Here's the thing: is so that annoying. I what I like what he did with his character later, and and we all know just to get to, at the beginning, you know, it's the rich guy. Yeah. I shoot. 
your house. But he would make these really good points, like like we said in that one power hour, like about like he would he would bring it back around to other promos he did too. Sure. So like the shoes cost more than your house was a famous line. Are you right? ready to walk in these shoes? But he says, Are you ready to walk in these shoes now? And like that kind of stuff and I agree. But I love the change in his character. Because a lot of the criticism of him was that he was an old man, right? Yes. And the idea to turn the character into this crazy old man was actually, it was really entertaining, and I thought it was fun. Like, his his whole mean by God gene, mm-hmm. and like him like elbowing his like clothes. Like, I hated it. I okay at the time I got bored of it but when I look back at it and I watch it again it's so funny like it really is because I guess as an <sighs> adult you see it as this crazy person but as a kid you're just like why is this guy on my TV <laughs> but like as an adult you see it as he's just he's just entertaining people and he and he's calling people fat boy in the crowd and stuff he always did that didn't he and he he got really keen on it in 98 99 <laughs> there's actually like a, a super cut of him doing it like over and over again he did it like a million weeks in a row at one point maybe there was just always a fat kid yeah i don't know maybe followed him around yeah i don't know but rick flair is definitely up there all right so we gotta narrow down we gotta get at least one pick on there yeah i think it's only fair and it's only right when you talk about promos mm-hmm. when you talk about Knowing your character, being nuanced, right? Building your character, getting you intrigued or interested, right? Mm-hmm. Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah, I mean, he's the most nuanced. You're right. He is definitely the the technical. He's the technician of promos. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it's it's all about building a slow build, and he introduced his character piece by piece, yep. and he became. You know, really, th- his promos were threatening, which is what's different about him. So I, for that, I could definitely put him on there, too. I think we should. I yeah. think he is really one of the best mic workers ever. Yeah. Is it going to carry along a storyline? Is it going to build anticipation for something? Is it going to make a point clear without having to use 20 minutes to do yeah. so? Yeah, absolutely. So I think if you're okay with it, I would like to put Jake Roberts on Mount Rushmore. I'll, I'll, I'll put him on. Yeah. Let's put him on. All right, Quinn, who do you have in mind for another one? I honestly think the second would be Flair, and I'll tell you why. Ric Flair went the gamut. You know, he mm-hmm. it was it was everything. It could be serious with Dusty Rhodes. It could be funny with making fun of Ricky Morton. Sure. It could be crazy later in his career. Yeah, you know what, He Quinn? could pull at your heartstrings when he was retiring. Yeah. Ric Flair, without those 80s promos especially, yeah. is not Ric Flair. Right. That was a huge part of what he did and who he was. Right. And everything was built off of it, and everything was an, an evolution of it. Yeah. He knew his character. Again, he yeah. knew when to be serious. He knew when to be funny. Mm-hmm. He was an entertaining talker. Yeah. He was entertaining, if nothing else. I mean, the point of those Crockett shows, a lot of them, the main event, I mean, I'm serious, the main event was Ric Flair talking. The Horseman promo with Flair, yeah. I'm not the biggest Ric Flair fan overall, but yeah, Yeah. I have to agree with you. He he should be on, so let's put him on. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) All right. Let's start narrowing down a little bit. Is Foley still in contention? I think he I is. I think he is, yeah. He had some, and is Austin? 
Yeah. The Rock? I mean, all these guys are in contention. That's the problem, Savage? Right? Yes. Now, with any of the more modern guys... Okay, I could throw a modern guy in there. I really think CM Punk was a great promo person. He was a great talker. He was the first to really... We talked about kayfabe, right? I think he, he executed it the best, the breaking that wall in the modern time. It, it, with the atmosphere that we had with the internet. He was the first to really capitalize on that. He was. He's a pioneer, if anything. And I'd like to think that maybe this company will be better after Vince McMahon's dead. But the fact is, it's, it's going to get taken over by his idiotic daughter and his doofus son-in-law and the rest of his stupid family. I think if we're talking CM Punk being in contention, right? I really think, like, for what he did... To everything changed after him, right? Like did, there would be no Daniel Bryan storyline. Fair enough. Like, and it and it all comes down to he's known for the thing he's known for is a promo. Yeah, but the pipe bomb. He's a better wrestler than he is mic worker Quinn. Right, but that, is. that promo is a breakthrough. Fine, that promo is a breakthrough for promo work. Period. Fine. It was fine. It was authorized by Vince, and it was a big deal. Blah, but consistency. Right. Overall, st- Steve Austin. No, Steve Nick Austin. Foley. Yeah, Steve Austin or Nick Foley. Yeah, yeah Nick Foley. The, <laughs> the Rock. Yeah. <laughs> those are some serious I mean, those promo are serious guys. Serious names. Yeah. And Foley mm-hmm. is probably the best of all yeah. of them. Foley is. Yeah, without question. Overall. His- and again, another breakthrough person. Foley was on a whole other level. In yes. terms of mic work. Totally. He truly was one of the best that I've ever seen mm-hmm. in his heyday. In his Not heyday. like his raw, like, you know, I'm yeah. the commissioner shit or whatever. No, that's don't, no. But Foley could make you feel like he was going through what he was going through. He made you feel pain. He made yeah. you feel the emotion. He was fantastic He made at you it. feel happy when he was happy. Exactly. Yeah. Mick Foley for yeah. number three. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. And there was one. The Rock, Austin, Savage, we didn't eliminate yet. Yeah, Savage Punk. I think Savage and Punk have to go. Really? Savage I actually does. think Savage is, it, it, to me, it's between Savage and Austin. You put Savage above The Rock? Yeah. Really? Well, Sa- you know what? Yeah. Because the- Savage just always made me feel, like you said, what he was going through. Right. And, you know, he, he went, he was dynamic. It could be serious. And The Rock was funny, but that's kind of all he did, right? If yeah, you really I think mean, about it, he, was, he never he was great. A, he was never a real serious never. guy. Very rarely. Yeah, I mean, his whole shtick was one-dimensional. Like, he was a catchphrase guy. Yeah. He was, I'm going to stick something up your ass. Yeah. You're a piece of monkey crap. Yeah. Rudy Pooh candy ass. But you're right. <laughs> it's that's all kind funny of, still. It, but, yeah. It's all funny. But that's kind of all he had. Very yeah. charismatic. It was yes. trash talk. But you, you didn't need to hear him talk to want to watch a rock match. It's kind of the reverse... Yeah, you watch a rock match to hear him talk and crap yeah, on the guy. Just right, beat. you know, like with the Rock, it's like you're not gonna like watch his match because he talked. You'd and that's re- not you to say the to Rock talk. wasn't a good wrestler. No, he's a good wrestler, but you you don't care about his match. No, Austin or yeah. Savage to me. <sighs> Man, and we're probably forgetting someone. I, I mean, I don't know, but we we probably are. And if we are, folks, be sure to let us know. Tweeted us at OVP Podcast. You can of course email us. Let us know on Facebook. Yeah. We want to hear it. You know, we we didn't plan out who we were picking. We no. just we knew the topic. Right. That's all. I think we might really be down as Savage and Austin. Yeah. I don't know. That's hard. That is really hard. Okay. Let's 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 break it down one more time. Go ahead. With Austin. Yep. You have a career made on a promo. 
You do. He led the way based on his promos. Right. He led the way. He could be serious. He could be funny. He Mm -hmm. has the dynamic factor. Yep. Right? Yep. He was the lead guy in the company. And I think that is what might push him over Savage. Savage was also the lead guy in the company for a year. For one year while Hulk was on vacation. But that was the guy they considered worthy enough to fill Hulk Hogan's shoes. Correct. Which was not a shoe that was ever filled before. No. And he did a good job. Right. And before and after that, he maintained his his own personal level yeah. of quality. You know, right. he never got crappy. Yeah. They tried to like, you know, de-push him and but he was always good at whatever he did. One thing Austin I can say has over Savage. Mm-hmm the realistic factor there was a there was an element to austin's promos that felt real especially his earlier heel ones before he became the budweiser drinking face yes yeah there's an element that doesn't just feel like trash talk it feels like genuine hate yeah especially the bret hart feud yeah and the pillman yes and the pillman but what about savage with with jake roberts and flair i like it but i think if any if savage has any weak point it's he's still Ooh, yeah, the macho man when he's yelling serious stuff. It's hard to break that character. It's hard to think of him as Randy Poffo, right. as the real man, as right. it is Steve Austin, you know, Steve yeah, Austin. The less real man. No, I'm le- just kidding. <laughs> no, but you know, I'm I mean, Austin, Austin always felt like it was himself. <laughs> yeah, that's Randy true. Randy felt like a character. Yeah. That's not to say it's a bad thing. No, 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 it's, it's a just, great thing. It's just but, we know Randy Poffo, the gut man, was not Mr. Intensity behind the curtain. You know what? You're right. As much as Savage was, did kind of talk like that in real life. He did, but he wasn't like, he was, like laid back freaking out. Like I still, and I'm. this is embarrassing in a way. Yeah. I didn't really realize until probably the mid-2000s, this is serious, that Austin was nice in real life. That's how oh. convincing he was. Oh, he, yeah, exactly. And that that that's a good that's good character work. But at the same time, you thought that that was the real man. Yes, that's what I mean. Yeah, I didn't. That's how good Savage, Austin you could was. Tell he was a character. There was a put on. He did. His voice was like that. Right. But he wasn't like always like it was yeah. way too intense. Right. Like Hogan. Yeah. Same thing with Hogan. I'll go Steve Austin with you if you want to turn the key with me. I'll turn it. Stone Cold Steve Austin for number four. You're not getting a recap, Donnie. <laughs> it's a finale. We can do what we want. But those are, in our opinion, from our vantage point, yes. the four best talkers, promo men, the wrestlers, not managers, uh, in wrestling. And we want to hear yours, so let us know. Mm-hmm. But, Quinn, I guess we now need to move on to the worst. And I think we both have to agree that would be Ahmed Johnson. The he, worst. He's the worst. He has no excuse. Yeah. He's not foreign. Yeah. Like Andre, Kali, fine. Yeah. I get it. You know, yeah. I, I tell you one thing, you know, yeah. whatever. <laughs> you cannot understand Ahmed. I don't understand anything he ever said. In fact, let's hear some more Ahmed right now. With the I'm gonna give you in the ring. And just put him in. That's it. That's it. That's all that's, you know all, what? that's all that needs to be said. This is how bad Ahmed is. Die, die, die. <gasps> That oh. is how bad. 
Ahmed made zero sense. Yeah. He just yelled, screamed lines that yeah. no one understood. <laughs> I just, I can't. Awful. Be- I can't believe someone could be that bad. He was awful. Yeah. Not awful, like threatening. Awful, awful. Not that he, Yeah. And you know what? He looked like a badass. Yeah. He had a great look and everything, but that dude um, was Mr. Mushmouth. Yeah. You know, seriously. Hey, you want to play like that? There ain't nothing between us but air our duty, boy. I, I didn't think someone could talk that bad. Just when you think you have the bar as low as possible, yeah. in comes Ahmed Johnson. Yes. He's in. Him. He's, he's in. in. That's, it's the die, die, die. That's, that's him official. Going in. Yeah, you that's, know what? That, that's him going in. Good enough. Yeah. Now, Quinn, I guess we should make one thing clear. Mm-hmm. In the territory days, before promos were especially important the way they are now, you were going to find a lot of bad talkers, the, st- right. the stumblers, the mumblers, you know. Right. And you treat cheat me out of what's rightfully mine. That's when I get angry. Now I'm the one doing the challenging. Let's go for the real, more notable ones here. The real here. crap. Yeah. The, the, the ones that should be good and they aren't. Yeah, right. They're on a big stage. Maybe they were a champion or something, but yeah. they just cannot talk for shit. Yeah. Do you have one? Sid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sid is pretty shitty. Sid is remarkable to me because <laughs> he was so bad that his gimmick became like he's a psycho literally because he couldn't talk. He had like, you know, West Memphis, te- Arkansas accent Yeah, there. yeah, whatever it was. And yeah. Softball. And softball. But, hey, I've been here. I've seen him come and go. He's famous for the your, your live pal. That and also, thing. I have half the brain you do to yeah. Kevin Nash in WCW. Yeah. And I don't know shit. <laughs> like, why is he saying that? But he is entertaining. Yeah, he's entertaining. <laughs> Meaning. And I have half the brain that you do. I'm not going to disagree that Sid is really bad. Now, we only have three more now because Ahmed is the gold standard yeah. or the, the poop standard. The mother sip. Yeah, of, he's the mother bad shit. Talking. Exactly. Yeah. Now, if we've got Sid on there, and that's fine, but I'm going to bring up another one who was a notable wrestler, Quinn. Okay. Held titles, was big in both promotions, Mm -hmm. but was really not a good talker, was kind of a stumbler. Right. Lex Luger. What kind of disgusting, despicable lack of respect i don't know with luger it, it seems like he could sort of talk like sometimes like when he did the wpf stuff with the milk and all that See you june 13th <laughs> yeah. bobby like he had a moment or two i mean like it's not like a moment or two though i mean come on it's not like ahmed johnson i no one is like ahmed yeah, but johnson. Then again, yeah you're right no one's like unless ahmed they're johnson. foreign and you know like kali but i don't even i don't i feel bad like counting kali sometimes sometimes champion I don't know. Kali should I know, un- I know. understand a lick of English. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's pretty bad. Like, but, that's on par with Ahmed. And Andre is another one that's bad. Yeah, Andre is awful. But you, like you said, accent, right? It's not really his fault, you know. No. The Wyatt Rumble, thirty men in the ring, and Billy. And you should remember that. Ahmed was a native English speaker. Yeah. So, like, he has no excuse. Right. People with that, like, Japanese guys, whatever. Like, I get it. Like, Fuji. Ha, ha, ha. You know, but, like, whatever. He was foreign. What about Chris Voldemort? Oh, Chris Voldemort. Yes. Because I am going to do something that is unthinkable. He sucked. Yeah, he was really bad. He was, he could really choke the life out of a promo. Yes. You know? Oh, come on! I don't know, though. Is he worse than Sid? He's worse than Sid, you think? You know who's pretty bad? Who? Rey Mysterio. 
Yo, Holmes. Yo, Holmes. Yo, Dominic Holmes. Yeah, that whole Dominic thing. <laughs> yeah, Rey Mysterio was bad, too. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, I got one. I don't yeah. care how controversial this is. Okay. Ultimate Warrior. Fuck, yeah, fuck I, it. I, he wasn't good. He didn't talk very well. He just yelled shit that didn't yeah. make sense. It's all Ahmed, but then, you can understand more words. And then the funnier part about it was that when he had serious stuff, it also didn't make any sense, like buildings Yeah, and he was in his mind. And, like, yeah. Load the spaceship with the rocket fuel. Load it with the worst. I- I'm sorry, like, you know, rest in peace, Jim Helwig. I get it. Yeah. His promos were not the... Re- people liked him because he was a maniac. You know, he ran to the ring. Yeah. He beat people really quickly. Right. But I don't think he could talk anyway. Like, he's awful. He really is, I still is, don't Quinn. think he's Sid levels. I think Sid is above all these guys. No way. Warrior is so bad. Warrior is worse than Sid. Don't mm, look at me like I that. Don't- I don't know, Joe. I think Warrior is worse. I don't know. What the fuck was Warrior ever saying? Ah, you can feel it, dude! Sid might have had a few malapropisms. planets aligning. Why? <laughs> that doesn't make sense. I don't. He's a mystic or something. It's worse <laughs> than Hogan. I, I don't know. His character's a maniac, so it does actually... Well, Psycho Sid is also a psycho. Uh-huh. Quinn, would you rather listen to a Sid or a Warrior promo? warrior promo why because at least it's entertaining sid's entertaining and it's confusing i don't like this i think <laughs> i think sid is better than warrior but the bar here is ahmed johnson yeah <laughs> just for the record you know who was probably supposed to be a thing but then didn't end up being a thing because of drugs but he what? also was a bad talker marty janetti <laughs> Oh, dude, he could not talk. Yeah, he's pretty bad. Ah, we're on a rock and roll stroll. He always sounds like he's like kind of out of it. He's like chewing yeah. on a sandwich like, too. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna. Yeah, we're gonna. Um, do yeah. some. Mr. Rocker Marty Janetti here, rock and roll strutting and strolling. We're gonna do something. Uh, that's why we do it. Yeah, no, rock all day. He wasn't that yeah. good. Was Vader any good? <laughs> I like Vader. Oh, you know who's bad? What? Ken Shamrock. Yeah. You know, there's one thing that I, I don't ever get. I don't get I don't get taken out of my zone. Ken Vader, you're a bully. <laughs> yeah. I don't like bullies. I don't like bullies. You're a bully. Let me tell you something, Vader. When we get into the ring, it ain't going to be Vader time. It's going to be hard time. His voice. Yeah. He had the shitty voice. Yeah, that does hurt him a lot. And he had a very static delivery. Like, I didn't believe him. You know, no. remember how we were talking about the good people? Like right. Jake and Mick Foley and Austin. This guy's just reciting lines. I don't know. I still can't put it over Sid. Come on. It's, come on, Joe. No. Sid. No, Ken Sherbrooke's worse than Sid. <sighs> really? I'm not putting Sid on there. You're going to really have to make a strong case for him. Just because he had a few bumbling promos. I mean, I'm not His saying- whole thing. He wouldn't be in that gimmick unless he could talk. No, that's the whole point. No, no. He was already Psycho Sid when he first came back in 95. Gorilla called him Psycho Sid in 92. He just couldn't talk, though. That's the only reason he was a psycho. They would have made him probably a different, better superstar otherwise. Bullshit. I think his career actually would have gone further besides his softball breaks and stuff. Now, how about this? The Legion of Doom. They would count as one, I'd say, because they give their promos together. You think they're bad, though? I yes. Mean, sour and gory and all that? Quinn. <laughs> oh, what a rush. And then, like, ha, well, and then he says something stupid, and Animal it's yells. Like too led in. Like, it's a, like a, too much of a shtick. It's very shtick. I don't know. It's not as bad as, like, again, like Marty Janetti or. The nasties Sid are shtick, or... too. <laughs> nasty time. Oh, God. Nasty this, nasty that. I don't see how, when we have mentioned. <laughs> The Ultimate Warrior, <laughs> Marty Jannetty, and even Lex Luger, 
that you can really still be cheering on for <laughs> Sid here. How about this? You don't like Sid, I think no, is no, what no. it is. No, no, no. How about this? What? I'll put the warrior in. Are you bartering if, with if me? If you put Sid in. No, because how do I know that there's not two people worse than the warrior? Or Sid. <laughs> Sid is horrible. You need to get over this Sid hate. <laughs> what did he ever do to you? He didn't know shit, first of all. <laughs> He's horrible, Joe. You don't know shit, <sighs> Quinn, this He's is utter- not fair. <laughs> He's utterly bad. I can't. I can't Bob Holly. Sparky plug. Yeah, he's terrible. <laughs> he's really bad on I the mic. I can't remember anything notable he ever said, though. It, he didn't know how to say it right. He was bad, too. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me, Michael Cole, because I will break your ass in half, you little shithead. Oh, I don't know. God, Quinn, you're... Why with the Sid? Why do we have to he be... He just doesn't... He doesn't say anything correctly, and he had the note... Honestly, it all came together when he, he didn't know he was live. That, I mean, come, that's inexcusable. <laughs> Even the greats don't always know they're live. Yeah, but they don't have to have the announcer <laughs> tell them that. Alive, pal. <laughs> How do you address those skeptics? Well, the st- skeptics and all the people have a little bit of... Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, pal. Sorry. Come on! <laughs> He's bad, Joe. I'll put the warrior in, though. I don't want to reach a... <laughs> this isn't want, NAFTA, Quinn. We're want, not doing a trade agreement here. You don't want here. my pity? No, I don't want your, like, your bartering here. You're, you're just... This is clout. I think the warrior's shitty, though. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I think he's worse than Sid. Mm-hmm. You really think Sid is that bad? Yes, I do. It's only because of we're alive, pal. <laughs> it's the only reason you think that. Warrior made we a made career. Like three things immediately. Like I don't know shit. Warrior and- made a career out of yelling incomprehensibly. <laughs> He's Ahmed Johnson, but a little bit more understandable. The thing is, the warrior that was his character. Like it or not. Sid's character was that he was a psycho. Like it or not. Yeah, but a psycho doesn't stumble either. Sometimes psychos stumble. That's triple alliterative. What about Triple H? Uh, tonight uh, <laughs> in this very ring uh, I don't know he's not good but he's not bad oh I got one okay go ahead Bruno San Martino <laughs> how did we miss Billy Graham by the way yeah I mean and Dusty by the way for, for Rushmore no well I thought of Billy Graham but I just didn't nominate him because I didn't oh, think he would I know there's I get Dusty it. though and there's Dusty and you he's know he's an honorable mention I'll put Dusty as honorable mention. Fine. Dusty Rhodes and Billy Graham are both honorable mentions. Mm. Billy Graham was Dusty Rhodes. Right. Everyone was They D- needed Billy each Graham. other. Oh! Scott Steiner! Yes. Scott He's Steiner. Got, can we put him on? Yes. What the... What does he ever say? <laughs> I, I can't tell you. He's like Ahmed Levels. He is really, he really bad. might make it... Okay, he's number two, right? We gotta put it... We, we're at an impasse with Sid and Warrior. Yes. Let's put Scott Steiner on there. Yeah. He's really bad, Quinn. Yeah, so, I mean, the Scott Steiner we're talking about is the, like, Big Papa Dump version, yes. like, that one. Until, like, he died in TNA right. or whatever Until he he's did. wrestling today. That version. Like, from 98 onward, he would made no sense. Yeah, you could probably insert a clip of him right here. Okay, let's do it. I'm the genetic freak, and size does matter, but that statement means Gene comes true whether I'm in the ring. Oh, out of the ring. See, when I have my freaks horizontal, they understand size. Yep, so... And that explains Scott that's Steiner. That's Scott Steiner. Put him in? Yep. Now, what about Jimmy the Superfly Snuka? <sighs> yeah, he was he was bad. Yeah. Uh, I will totally give you that. Was he actually from Fiji, or was he American? Because if he's from an island, I'll think- give him a pass. I think he was from an island, right? Yeah, but 
even so, Joe, I, I've heard him talk. It's not like he's incoherent or anything. Yeah, I don't. He was a really bad promo. You're right. I feel like he never knew what to say. Like, he, yeah, it was like he was always a deer in headlights, right? Yeah, exactly. This man has got totally a different knowledge and totally a different thinking according to the way you think. And that's the thing with him. It's just he, th- there's something wrong with him. I don't, I can't put my finger on it. He's not good. Is he worse than Sid or Warrior? No. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Like we had said, the character sometimes, but his character especially, he's supposed to be a crazy islander. Yeah, like, he is. Like, especially. And he didn't talk that much. It's better to just not say nothing. Sid would be, like, ramble on and on. I'm still kind of caught up, Quinn, on Ken Shamrock. Ken Shamrock's another good one. I think it's going to come down to those three. And we got two slots left. Shamrock, Sid, and Warrior. We've got to be missing some NWA or WCW guys, though, no? Maybe. I mean, I can't think of anyone off the top of See, my head. This is what I thought about this whole thing. I actually thought the harder would be the Rushmore right. than the Death Valley. And I thought harder also because I think with Death Valley, it's actually more rare that somebody's such a bad talker that they even stick around. Right. Like that that's why that's our criteria. Yeah. It's not some like a very low carter that had a run yeah, or like, like an indie guy. You'll notice we haven't brought up like Ludwig Borga. Right, of yeah. course. Now the warrior, to be fair, and Sid. We're both big deals, Quinn. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't poo-poo that. I mean, they were both world champions. Right, but they weren't... They probably could have gone further, is my point. I don't know how much further you can go than replacing Hulk Hogan in 90. Yeah. And then also being the guy that they wanted to replace Hogan initially, Sid. Yeah. And then also won the world title again. I got a controversial one Okay, you. go ahead. How about that? Sting. Sting sucks. Mm. He really is one of those guys that was around a long time, as we know. Yeah. In fact... The biggest favor they ever did for him is when they turned him into the Crow character. And he didn't talk. And he didn't talk. Because he was a really crappy talker. He was very basic and catchphrasy um, when he did talk. Yeah, but he wasn't... He wasn't really believable most of the time. I don't want to say all the time. I don't think that'd be fair. Yeah. Most of the time, he just is like, I'm excited, you know? Yep. It's, you know, not too good. And that's not a bad pick. Shamrock, though, Quinn. Yeah. Shamrock. If there were ever a guy reciting lines... Yeah. And just trying to, like, fulfill a writer's, you know, (laughs) script or something... Ken Shamrock was I up there. I agree Ken Shamrock is pretty bad. Okay. So, so what what were we at these three? We're at this impasse with three with two slots. Well, you, you're pushing Sid. I'm pushing Warrior. There's Ken Shamrock. We might both agree on Shamrock. There's also Sting. Yeah. Chris Voldemort. And Chris Voldemort, yeah. That's Chris. Yeah. We're not allowed to say his name. No. <laughs> um, Chris. 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 Yeah. Ultimate Warrior. Who yeah. Sucks. <laughs> Sting, who sucks. Sid, who I think is fine. <laughs> Ken Shamrock, who sucks. Anyone else before we really get down to the nitty? Nitty gritty. And um, the gritty. I mean, I can't think of one notable enough. You said Lex Luger. Yeah, but, but he's I, forgivable. He, he's, he, yeah, and he had his times when he was kind of good. I think, honestly, Ken Shamrock should go in. Because we're in agreement on him. We do agree on him. He was a bad talker. Yeah. You talk about Sid, you talk about Warrior, you're talking about world champions. Yeah. Talk about Sting, you're also talking about a world champion. Yeah. Shamrock never made it to that level. But does that discount him? I mean, Ahmed Right, Johnson's. Ahmed didn't either. Yeah. Yeah. I'll put Shamrock on. Okay. He was a really bad talker. Right. I'll, I'll put him on. Let's do it. Well, Quinn, we're down to one. Mm. So basically what we have to figure out here yes. is Warrior, <laughs> Sid, Sting, 
Voldemort. Voldemort? Okay. Sting is not worse than the Ultimate Warrior. Do you think? Yes, he's not worse. You can that. understand Sting yeah. at least, and he no, could, he had emotions. Yeah. Let's knock him off. Not, no Sting. Okay, fine. Chris B- mm-hmm. Was he ever entertaining to listen to? Never. Never, Never ever. right? Was Sid. Yes. Okay. Ultimate Warrior, even. Right, right. See, I, here's the only thing. I would put him on in a second if he wasn't a horrible person, and I don't want him representing this show on anything, but... He, he hasn't made a list yet. He has not. I think it's time. Oh, man. But he's not better than Sid. Yes, he's not better than Sid. He's not better than Sid. No way. And he's... I hate the Warriors promos, but he's not even better than Warrior, because at least the Warrior's intriguing. Yeah, there's something there. There's something weird there, at least. Yeah, I don't know, Chris... Oh, you know who's really bad? Randy Orton's not good. Randy Orton's pretty bad. He's never been good. I don't think he's worse than some of these guys, though. That's a problem. Because he can be effective. He can be. Yeah. It's almost not even fair to compare this current era to that, because... Everything is scripted to the letter now, whereas yeah. it it didn't used to be. It's hard to compare. It's hard to compare. Yeah. Is bad. bad. He is. He is really awful. And okay, before anyone says anything, we have to get the Dean Malenko. Because when you think of him, you think, you think of, of like Malenko, Malenko sure. or something like that. I understand. Not anywhere close because, okay, so Malenko was the Iceman, right? Yes, Iceman. He wasn't supposed to talk. No. But when he did, that whole Boris Malenko thing, it mattered. It was a big deal, and it, he delivered it effectively, and that was probably the only time in his career that he was probably ever expected to do it, and he delivered. I can't say that he's Chris Voldemort levels bad. Yeah, Chris Voldemort is pretty bad. Yeah. I'll, I'll go with Voldemort, okay, I think. Okay, Voldemort it is. Because I think Warrior and Sid are going to cancel each other out from our yeah. points of view. Yeah. I don't think we're going to win each other over. Right. And I think we need a buffer here. Yeah. And I think... Ben- is the buffer yeah i think he is the best person to put on there he was a world champion in both promotions he was multi-time yep. title holder in both promotions yeah and that's really the only notable thing about him obviously he yep. never did anything after that not really you know? no he was won titles he, he won never rumble never killed anybody so i mean i think we should put him in <laughs> yeah all right fine he's going into a <laughs> death <laughs> valley oh man so those are four best and four worst from our vantage point yes talkers and wrestling promo guys so let us know yours you can do that by tweeting at us at ovp podcast you can email us at ovp podcast at gmail.com and of course go to the facebook group yeah over there you can uh discuss this and mm-hmm. many other topics many. with the fans with the fans all not the ju- not just us the OVP family, if you yeah, will. the OVP family that continues to grow. Well, Quinn, as we continue on Season force finale, we've got one more segment. So finally, when we come back, we are finally reviewing something. Mm. Back after this. I can take pain. I can recover, recover. I can recuperate. Well, I'm beyond that. I am so upset. The, the actions that are going on in the World Wrestling Federation, especially from your so-called family, that it's just a matter of time 
Like I said before, and I said it to you, Mean Gene, I said it to everybody. It's just a matter of time when Ken Patera gets in full gear and runs the World Wrestling Federation or rids the World Wrestling Federation of the likes of you, Weasel, and King Kong, Bundy, Race, Hercules, Orndorff, all of you. You're all going to go down one by one, and I'm going to make sure of that. For the whipping that you gave me, whip me like a red-headed red stepson. I'm sick and tired of that type of treatment. All right, what a beating he took at the hands of the Heenan family. He's strongman Ken Patera. We're right back. Hey, it's Sean Mooney. I may no longer be in the event center, but if I was, I'd be talking about our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. All right, boys, let's get to it. And thank you, Sean Mooney. (laughs) Mm. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us for episode number 40. Our season four finale, Quinn. Wow. It's very finale-like, don't 40, you think? 40 years. 40 years. Yep. So we are reviewing something, and uh, it's been a long time in the making, shall we say. 40 years in the making. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, we have intentionally stayed away from this promotion. Yes, we have. Basically because we don't like it. <laughs> but <laughs> we reference it a lot. We, you know, make some side comments about it quite a bit. Yes. And as you might remember, last week when we talked about Jim Cornette. Yeah, we did. And he has something to do with this. He has a big something to do with this. Folks, we're finally doing it. It is Smoky Mountain Wrestling. And this is episode number 13 from mm-hmm. April 25th, 1992. Now, Quinn. Yes. A lot of people... I've noticed, seem to really, really like this promotion. They do. I'm not one of them, but um, I have my eyes open here. I'll, I'll give it a fair shake. Exactly. A fair shake, I think, is a good way to put it. We are doing our very best to be objective here as wrestling fans, people that can appreciate it on all different angles and all different sides, from your hardcore to your technical to your larger-than-life cartoon style. This is none of that. Yes. This is the southern style. The wrestling. The territory style. Get my hush puppies. Yeah. Hush puppies. Hush puppies, honey. That kind of thing. People reminisce about this promotion. Just like they reminisce about ECW. Exactly. So let's get to it here. This is Smoky Mountain Wrestling number 13, April 25th, 1992. Quinn, did you notice the Smoky Mountain in the intro there? Yeah, very John Denver-esque <laughs> opening going on here. It actually, the, the way the graphic is on the mountain, it looked like it was made on an Amiga computer. Yeah, it looks like one of those stylish albums that would come out now, like a stylish album cover. <laughs> like, you could just put this picture of the Smoky Mountain there, and it would be one of those. Exactly. And basically the intro, folks, is a picture of this mountain as various, you know, freeze frames or, you know, frames fly in with yeah. wrestlers wrestling. Just like the old Crockett show. Just like the but old the glo- Crockett show. It would show. be the world. This is just a Smoky Mountain. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I will note this. I did not see no smoke coming out of this Smoky Mountain. What is, why is it called this? Do you it's know? It's just smoky, okay? Why is it so smoky? Don't worry about it. It's just smoky. I didn't see anyone smoking cigarettes. I didn't see, yeah, you know, true. like no volcanoes or anything. Thing. It wasn't smoky bars, no. you know. There's no smoke in this. But then again, it was because it was in a high school, so <laughs> no smoking on the premises. That's true. <laughs> we are hosted by Bob Cottle. Yes. That's right. Nothing to make you feel like you're watching a territory show from the 80s like Bob Cottle. Hi, wrestling fans. Welcome to another action-packed hour of Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Where'd they dig him out of? <laughs> Even in 1992, he wasn't really relevant no, anymore. he wasn't. I kind of like him. I'm not going to lie. I don't he's, have a problem with he's him. He's very it's just, good. I, it's weird. Like, this feels like this is like his gold watch, like this show. <laughs> Like, they just give it to him. It's like, eh, you've done this for a while. So Bob Cottle and Dirty Dutch Mantell are here, and Dutch is great, as always. And 
of course, the the catchphrase, Quinn, to Smoky Mountain is wrestling the way it used to be and the way you like it. Wrestling the way it used to be and the way you like it. Well, that's simply just not true. <laughs> I mean, it's not the way I liked it. <laughs> that's true. So how is that? I guess maybe the people who lived in the smoke thought that was yeah, that was the way they used to like it or whatever. <laughs> For their target demo, I guess that would ring true. And like you mentioned, Quinn, we're from Hancock County High School in <laughs> East Tennessee. No town name given. Where is that? Is the town called East Tennessee, maybe? That would be very funny, actually. East, East Tennessee, 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 Tennessee. Yeah. Dutch, by the way, Quinn. Mm-hmm. Looks ridiculous. Yep. The very baggy. Black shirt. Yeah. Red tie. And then, like, yeah, the khakis. It's the, so 90s, his bagginess. <laughs> it's like baggy. he was getting into the hip hop back then. <laughs> yeah, he was listening to freaking Kid and Play. Yeah. And our opening contest here is Bart Batten. <laughs> Good name. Versus... <laughs> Even more ridiculous. Hollywood Bob Holly. What? Seriously here? Nothing says Hollywood like a guy from Alabama. Yep. <laughs> he definitely is Mr. Hollywood, and he comes out to fame by David Bowie. Yeah, which is all kinds of weird. So, okay, I get it. His gimmick is that he's from Hollywood. Right. But David Bowie isn't Hollywood, right? For, like, fame, I get yeah, it. Well, also, what kind of fame did Bob Holly have in 1992? <laughs> I'd never heard of him. <laughs> no one had ever heard of him. Yeah. Now, the funniest part here about Bob Holly, besides being, you know, a Hollywood type from mm-hmm. Alabama, yeah. is that he's dressed like Bret Hart. Exactly the same. Literally, like, like the, no exaggeration yeah, here. Exactly Bret Hart. He is dressed like Hart Foundation Bret Hart. He's Hollywood Bret Hart. He's- Remember when Bret Hart was from Hollywood? Well, yes. this is it right here. What the hell's got into you lately? You've had a burr up your saddle for weeks now. He's got the black singlet, the all pink tights with the pink knee pads and the black stripe. And the white boots. And the white boots. The whole kit and caboodle. And what, I mean, this is coming off, we did a review where Danny Doring looked like. Yes. Part two. What is this theme? Like Ripping off the hearts yeah. left and right here. Anyway, the ring ropes, Quinn, are all yellow. It's like NXT. Very much like NXT. The ref is Mark Curtis in uh, suspenders. Yeah, more like shiny time station Mark <laughs> Curtis over here. He doesn't look professional. He looks like he belongs in a different profession. <laughs> like, not professional for wrestling. Right. Professional so, for train conducting. So you'd say he's, like, disprofessional? Yes. He, it's the wrong kind of professional. He's professional, just not the right profession. Right. Now, you you mentioned to me, Quinn, the jobber kind of looked like Dr. Death here, Bart Batten. Yeah, he, he looks a little Dr. Deathy and just... The hair, the beard. Yeah, and he's got these weird, like, tassels on his, like, I guess he has, like, socks has, or like, something. blue socks on his boots. But they boots. have tassels at the end of his socks. Leg warmers. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know what that was about. And you were kind of concerned about the amount of offense he and was the, getting. Okay, this is a trend through all these matches. You know how I, this is one of my pet peeves, is that if you're in a jobber match, why are the jobbers, like, dominating? This happens a lot in this show. But I thought this was wrestling the way you liked it. Well, I didn't like it this way. <laughs> so they were lying. I said I said they were lying at the beginning, Joe. You know who wasn't bad at all is Bob Cottle. Very good. I, no, I like solid. him. I, I thought he was good. Very solid. And Dutch also, I mean. Very funny. Yeah, very some funny. some funny lines that we note later. Yeah. So Holly, not only is he dressed like Bret Hart, he's wrestling like Bret Hart. What is he going to do? The five moves of doom next? <laughs> but he, yeah, like really, he's, yeah, like you know the the neck breaker, the snapmare, these like Bret Hart yeah. style lateral presses. He's literally right. wrestling like Bret Hart. Mm-hmm. The match is okay. I mean, it's like a standard, um, you know, wrestling match. I guess it's wrestling the way it used to be. <laughs> 
That's all I can really say about it. You know what I could say about it? They wrestle. Yeah. In this match, folks, they wrestle. Like Bret Hart. Yeah, like Bret Hart. So, imitation Bret Hart here pounds away with some slow offense yeah. until Batten makes a comeback. He Why? Missed... He's a jobber. I know, Gwen. There should no be no comeback. Well, there is, okay? Because that's the way you like it. Damn he it. misses a charge, and Holly Hart here puts him away with a flying knee that they apparently call the star drop. Should have called it a cough drop. Yeah. <laughs> this was a match. <laughs> I got one of those. <laughs> See? <laughs> Thanks, Quinn. Yeah. Hey, did you know, Quinn, that Smoky Mountain Wrestling does fundraisers? Great. Guess what? We're going to hear about that the whole show. Fans, if you'd like to raise money for your school, club, or civic organization, and you'd like to see the excitement of Smoky Mountain Wrestling... Every, every commercial yeah, break. every commercial break. They're doing some fundraising, and they'll donate to your charity or something. I don't know what yeah. it is. And here comes Principal Armstrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Commissioner Bob Armstrong, who Quinn says is dressed like the principal of okay. an elementary let, school. Let me explain this. He's got the glasses on, right? Now, his whole outfit, he's got like a striped short sleeve, like shirt, like dress <laughs> yes. shirt with khaki, like more like dickies on. Yeah, dickies. But he has a tie on it, so like... You know how, like, the principal of an elementary school, he doesn't want to look too, like, professional? Yes. Because he doesn't want to freak the kids out. Right. So he just wears a tie over, like, some normal attire. He's, like, just formal enough to look like an authority figure. Right. And his glasses you had a problem with, too. Oh, they were so big. They were, like, Coke bottle yeah. glasses. <laughs> like, uh, like when you talk, when people bring that that phrase up, Coke, these are them. Yeah. These are the Coke bottle glasses. You being an authority on Coke bottles. I am. I'm drinking one right now. I know you are. So he runs down the brackets for the Volunteer Slam, and they are Robert Gibson versus mm. Jimmy Golden. I don't know who's going to be able to see in that match. <laughs> God. Tim Horner versus Paul Orndorff. Mini arm himself. <laughs> yes. Buddy Landell versus Brian Lee. Fake Flair versus Fake Crush. <laughs> or Undertaker. Or Fake Undertaker. Yeah, one of the two. And then Dixie Dynamite. Now, I thought Dynamite was going to be like the guy from Good uh, Times. Good Times, yeah, yes. Don- Jimmy Walker. Yeah, I literally thought he was going to be like imitation that. No. Dynamite! He's definitely not. Yeah. And uh, he's fighting Dirty White Boy. So the know. plumber. Yeah. So basically, when you say to me, these are people from Collapse Promotions or WCW. Basically. That, and that's the trend. You'll look at this roster. It's basically Collapse Promotion competitors or WCW competitors. And a bunch of nobodies. Yeah. And a bunch of nobody you ever heard of. Yeah, exactly. Or maybe some guy that maybe jobbed on WWF once. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. So they bring in Orndorff, but he's got a sweatshirt arm uh, on, so there's no mini arm <laughs> visible. Arm. He's got yeah, a sweatshirt. Freudian slip there. Yeah. <laughs> and also, they, they talk about how there's no pile drivers allowed. And and I say to you, so his finishing move is banned. How appealing. Yeah, what like, the hell is that about? Bob yeah. Armstrong's like, if you do a pile driver, I'm going to fine you. First of all, this is a television show. There's no <laughs> athletic commission. What? Who is banning said move? Bob Armstrong. He's the principal. He doesn't have any authority. He's, Orndorff's going to detention. He if has he as much authority as Mr. Belding. <laughs> which was nothing, because if you remember that show, they didn't listen to him. No, never. Yeah. He would run in and be like, hey, 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 what's going on? Here. Yeah, exactly. A pile driver's going on here. Yeah. What are you going to do about it? Exactly. That, that's basically what Orndorff says. Right. He's like, I don't really care. Tim Horner sucks. You know, his yeah. junky Orndorff and promo style. What is it? Uh, a first class ticket to fly to, to Knoxville. Is that it? Is that where he's from or somewhere around Knoxville? Close by, yeah. 
When we see him later, he does look like crap. He does. Quinn, you said this whole thing looks like it's taking place in the lobby of an elementary school. Right. It's got the logo. It's like a mix, right? Mm-hmm. So it's got the logo. You know when you went in your elementary school and there'd be like the logo of elementary school like sure. in the lobby? The proud logo. Not the auditorium. The lobby. Right. Like outside the office, I know right? what you mean, yes. That's what this looks like, right? And you got Principal Armstrong here. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, kids. Like, you know, that kind of thing. But then it also looks like the principal's office because there's like a wood table just sitting there and we're to assume i guess that coddle and dutch sit there yes. but there's only one chair so <laughs> I, I didn't don't really pick up know. on that yeah there's only one chair and also that goon is is sitting around with yeah. them you forgot to mention that there's at the beginning. some goon back there yeah th- so there's some guy with that, no shirt that yeah the dutch manages and he's just been like lingering the whole show and we do hear from him later but in yeah. the meantime here bob coddle runs down a card because they're coming to an armory yes nothing says a good territory quinn the way you liked it like an armory i always prefer armories i for love my armories yeah. that's the best place to watch wrestling as actually. opposed to recreational hockey rinks uh-huh. or vfws yeah an armory is perfect because you can get a ringside seat for about four dollars and not only that children under 12 are allowed in <laughs> not free no yeah. no no god <laughs> they forbid. gotta work for it <laughs> four cents with a paid adult it's weird. Wait, why is four like, cents? Is this, is, a, is this a pun? It's like for cents. Like it, it, they get in for cents. I don't like think that that's a pun. Of, I don't know. I'm I'm trying to figure out what the angle is here. You, you know what pisses me off about it? Yeah. You can't. You have to either come in with a nickel and yeah. then they give you a penny and change. Oh, that's stupid. Too, or you yeah. got to scrounge up four pennies. Well, do you think that it's so that the kids get like you, dad will give them a penny at the end and the kid feels all special? Make the shit a quarter. Yeah. This isn't 1932. I think kids can afford a nickel, yeah, they a should quarter, go back, a dime. They should go back to Tennessee or Kentucky or, oh wait, they're already there. <laughs> and you know what, Quinn? It's honestly hard to imagine how Jim Cornette went out of business with that kind of model there. Well, he was getting those hard-earned four cents. I'm going to make him pay, motherfucker! Yeah. He must have alienated the fans, I would think. Yeah. <laughs> so then Caudle brings in both Battens. Apparently there's another Batten? I, this disappointed me. I, I thought there was enough Batten for one promotion. <laughs> and they're twins! Yes. They're the Batten twins! And th- this is the funniest part of the promo. So, if you recall, Quinn, you, you know these. The Gene Okerlund style promos where he would bring in someone from the left and then bring in someone from the right. Yeah, you know, they would talk for a few minutes. However, there's a lot less time for these. <laughs> so it's literally like the Battens are like, yeah, we're really good. We're going to win. And then they leave. Hey, Bob, you know, we're looking forward. Mount Hope's our home. We're getting ready to come back to Beckley, West Virginia. Doesn't matter who we wrestle. We want to see all the people out there. And we're fired up about it. Yeah, th- that's all they say. <laughs> and, like, in the time you said it, like, that's literally it's, how long they were there. It's so short. They're like, yeah. yep, yeah, yeah, it'll be good. Bye. Yep. Then, uh, from the other side, Brian Lee wanders in. Yeah, he doesn't even look like Brian Lee that we remember. It's well, like right. Barry Wyndham or something. Stunning Steve Austin, yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's really weird how he looks. And then he's like, I'm going to get in your face dirty white boy and then he leaves right away yeah speaking of fired up dirty white boy you can hit me in the back with a chair but i got a man in my corner this time and that's armstrong he calls it right down the middle when i got somebody watching my back six foot six 280 pounds gonna be right in your face so get ready beckley Bob Cottle should hold up a picture of the guy he's talking yeah. about. Honestly. All this did is tell you that they exist. Right. That's, like, that's not the point of a promo. Yeah, that's not it. It, it, it was bizarre. It's it not was really weird. anything. Yeah. They're not putting a character over. They're not building anything. They're like, I'm going to win. Bye. 
they're just like I'm going to be at the auditorium yeah. or whatever the armory next to the the cannons or whatever they keep there. <laughs> Bob Armstrong should have wandered in but like hey I'm going to be in the kitchen if you need yeah. me. Like it's the same shit. Yeah. It didn't promote anything. It didn't fire anyone up. It was the the promo length was as long as when somebody you live with says, "Hey, I'm going to this store or whatever." And then they like walk away. <laughs> I'm going to go to 7-Eleven buy right. some cigarettes. I'll see you in a minute. That's but, where I'll yeah, be. Yeah, exactly. You don't learn anything about me except that I buy cigarettes. Yeah. That's it. You don't learn how I am. Right. You don't exactly. learn how I feel. Yeah. That's kind of what this was we're gonna win good it doesn't end here then the fantastics wander in looking horrible and okay. sounding worse this was bizarre we're so fired up and excited about this because jim Cornette's unleashing his new team up on the fantastics because i in my mind thought the fantastics look completely different like pretty boys right they look like they should be making license plates in cobb <laughs> county georgia oh man yeah they, they look terrible they look terrible one one guy quinn you said looked like a combination of adrian and donis and the guy from family feud <laughs> yeah he looked exactly like um you know survey says like <laughs> well they all said that but not know, richard dawson the guy that was on wwf ray combs ray combs <laughs> him we asked 100 bartenders what is the largest tip you've ever got he looked like him come in adrian adonis's body like the face was the same as it's like adrian it's like the face of what's his head ray combs ray combs in adrian adonis's body survey says they rant about the heavenly bodies yes great the heavenly bodies are the stars of smoky mountain at this point well they kind of prove it later but yeah. in a way if that's the best this promotion had at this point ugh. yeah well I'll go on about that Yeah, later. we will. Our next match, Quinn, is Davey Rich versus Jimmy Golden. More like Davey Boy Smith. He does look like Davey Boy Smith. In, in rugged Ronnie Garvin's <laughs> gear. Yeah, like the green Ronnie Garvin tights yeah. and the yellow boots. Yep, exactly. Golden comes out to that song, you know, When I was a kid, my dad used to say that, like, nobody knows the words. Like, it's literally, like, unknown. Which isn't true. Yeah, but it's just funny. And anytime I hear that song, I just think, like, this is the unknown words song. You know what? Maybe 25 years ago when you were a kid, there's no internet. It's hard to look up. Maybe no one knew the words. It's true. I I wonder if when this song was playing, like, in 1992 Mm -hmm. on this show, people were like, oh, that's the song with the funny speaking in it that nobody knows the words in. Hold your candle. I'll show you. (laughs) Ha, (laughs) ha, ha, Whatever it is. Suspenders Mark Curtis Quinn is still the ref. Yep. He'll be tired later. Let's just say that. <laughs> Quinn, oh. you said to me, a lot of these guys look like you and me wrestling. They do. It's a Care bunch to of, elaborate yeah, on that? Yeah, it's just like a bunch of dads <laughs> fighting each other. It is. And it's really weird, and it makes you feel like you're not watching anything special at all. It's true. Because, you know, you think about your stars, right? Right. Like Ric Flair. Right. Like Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. And any other big stars, even the horsemen in general, right? I'm right. talking about territory guys yeah. now, right? Yeah. Big Bubba Rogers, I don't know, that's, pick someone. That's wrestling the way I liked it. <laughs> Dusty Rhodes, yeah. right? These guys just look like generic men at LA Fitness for the first time. Yeah. And like that's trying nothing, to get in shape. It's nothing against people at LA Fitness no, trying no, no, to no, get no. shape. It's the fact that these guys are supposed to be portrayed as professional athletes. They right. don't look like that. They really They just don't. look like you or me. Anybody like normal that's not a wrestler who listens to this podcast. Totally agree. Yeah. Then we get a nice shot of the crowd. It's some old lady that's mad at Golden. I think Quinn. <laughs> we finally hit it. We our last season finale, we talked about this. The stunt yes. granny. It's a stunt granny. We found it. We found her. We it's found awesome. it. We found it. I'm there. developing an accent get just that, watching this show. You're that stunt granny there. You pay her the ten dollars. She yeah. gonna put her pads on yeah. and put them more. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> side headlock by uh, Davy Boy Rich here. Quinn, you have a big problem with Mark Curtis's suspenders. I know. We touched upon we that. We touched upon it, but it just it keeps showing. You mentioned up. it again during this match. Yeah, it just it, really bugged it's you, just huh? Bugging me the whole time. You know, it's also bugging me the whole time. This what? headlock. Oh my god, this headlock is just on for minutes. Yeah. Golden even tries to escape, but Rich hangs on. And yeah. by the way, Golden went yeah. on to become Bunkhouse Buck. Okay, I couldn't tell this was Bunkhouse Buck. You cannot the whole tell time because he he has gold hair. Yep, like well, or, he's golden. Yeah, he's golden hair, and it's like kind of long, and it has that like rat tail at the <laughs> end of it. It's like I don't remember Bunkhouse Buck looking like that. He it's good he wore a shirt in yes. WCW because he looks like like we said somebody's dad. He looks very doughy here. Yeah. Headlock's still going, Quinn. Mm-hmm. Golden finally escapes it after a year, as you yeah. say, and then he gets a very exciting rope-assisted half-crab. And he uses the rope on a jobber. Right. Davy Boy Smith, the jobber, <laughs> he needs the rope. Why do you need the rope? Why are you trying to win with a half-crab? Okay, I know it's to get him over as a heel and blah, 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 but I hate. I feel like that makes the heel look weak. You think so? Yeah, it's like in a jobber match, the heel shouldn't have to do that. When he's facing another superstar, That's true. he should do that. That's a good point, actually, but we don't know the business like Jim Cornette, because well, this was so successful. Yeah, they bought this company. They did, and they just put the tapes in like some, the basement somewhere and like didn't put it on until now. <laughs> we get a thrilling spinning toll hold by Jimmy Golden, but Rich powers out and comes back with a crossbody for two. Then a big drop kick by Bunkhouse Buck here gets the win. Okay, you say really is this nineteen seventy three? Yeah, come on, a drop kick. I say really is this two thousand seventeen? Because doesn't that Okada guy in New Japan like finish people <laughs> off with a win? The drop, drop kick, kick yeah. was not. Not a finisher in the 90s anywhere. No, not in the 90s, but in the 2000s it is. Ironically, yeah. it became one again, yeah. yes. We get an interview with Golden because we needed that. Mm-hmm. But it gets interrupted by Robert Gibson in a multicolored shirt. What is he, doink in a lazy eye? <laughs> it's not lazy, he's blind in one eye. <laughs> oh, sorry. He'll be keeping an eye out for you. Golden looks <laughs> like a t-ball coach, by the way. Yes. <laughs> Come on, Billy! Yeah, he does. Come on, swing! No! <laughs> <laughs> like one of those guys, just the rat tail, the doughy chest. He's got the physique you know? of a t-ball coach. <laughs> it's got, got the physique of a t-ball. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but no. he's a professional wrestler Correct. again with this. Yeah, I know. No, you're absolutely right. He yeah. looks more like Jimmy Golden Girls, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> Blanche. Blanche. <laughs> Blanche, how can you say that? So we get our next match, and because we haven't had enough Golden, it's Golden Boy Joe Kazana. Who? <laughs> George Costanza, I don't know. So much Golden in this. <laughs> It's Golden Costanza. Costanza. Versus primetime Brian Lee. If he if he wins another match, he'll get upgraded to platinum Costanza. <laughs> and maybe Brian Lee will get downgraded to late night. Yeah. <laughs> now, now Brian Lee really looks like Barry yeah, Windham. He, he shed the Austin. And yeah. Now, now he's, he's just, completely he, Barry Windham. The like chaps, 100%. the best. But you know what? He also looks like uh, this golden boy here as yeah. well, because they have the same exact tights. Yeah, What? this is really weird. So, George Costanza here, he's kind of built like a fat Dino Bravo. Yes, he looks a lot like Dino Bravo, yeah. actually. It's weird. Like, less less muscle, more chub, yeah. you know? But they're both wearing the same attire, which is black trunks, yeah. black knee pads, and white boots. So, way to make your star 
yeah stand out i mean somebody couldn't have just given like dino bravo different like a different color speedo before the match or something i don't think it'd why don't be they just hard. give him a gold speedo he's golden boy costanza there it is we can end the show now quinn solve the mystery i i'm better than jim Cornette. <laughs> i figured it out i figured out wrestling <laughs> so brian lee gets some high impact um hip tosses and uh, an arm bar <laughs> so i guess i guess the whole point of this show quinn is that it's wrestling yeah it's just it, that's the wrestling i is this anything that wasn't going on on superstars at the time in 1992 yeah the promos were longer more entertaining the matches were shorter and I just less mean plotting the, the match the matches are the same it's the same freaking moves i haven't yeah. seen anyone pulling out like anything special it's just not as fast as everything else it's a lot slower you know uh, um yeah, so whatever. costanza here misses a butt drop or some crap i don't even <laughs> know what he was going for it looked horrible and lee power slams him and puts him in quinn's favorite move the backbreaker drop it's not anything you hold up it's that thing jesse the body did yeah but except he it's, goes it's on over- one knee right. afterwards so like, and it looks like he i guess did something he, i didn't really do anything it's basically an overhead backbreaker submission but you, he drops to a knee the modern equivalent quinn would be nikki bella's rack attack yeah kind of yeah. which was a torture rack and then you drop yeah this is an overhead backbreaker and he just falls on his own now, knees if i recall i think nikki used to drop on her butt right no she or did she go on her knees too it was just her knees okay i'm sure so nikki bella thing. is on her knees a lot Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so Bob Caudle with Brian Lee, who now kind of looks like Jeff Daniels. <laughs> I'm just saying he looks yeah. a little bit like dumb or dumber, whatever. <laughs> Which one was he? I don't know. Dumber, I guess. I think he was. Du- well, Jim Carrey. Was Jim Carrey dumb? No, yes. I, don't, and I think Jim Carrey was dumber, actually, because he had the stupid teeth. Yeah, that's right. You're yeah. right. Jeff Daniels was dumb, but Jim Carrey was dumber. Anyway, so in the middle of this thrilling three-second interview, mm-hmm. Buddy Landell runs in. What a winner he is. And <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he was better when he had, like, J.J. Um, Dillon, and he was fake Ric Flair, but by himself, he sucks. He was a missed opportunity in a lot of ways. The guy did have talent. I mean, I always thought, and I don't know if this actually happened, if he actually fought Ric Flair for the World title not in just some jabroni match i don't know but he had a feud with buddy rogers actually the yeah they tried to do that nature boy buddy rogers was 1000 years old by that point <laughs> welcome to rogers corner playpen you mean <laughs> welcome to rogers retirement home yeah. so anyway lee tells buddy landell to take his sister's house coat back home that was kind of funny it was kind of funny because he's wearing like yeah. you know a rick flair rope and take your sister's house coat back home Lee says to him, you ain't ready for Pram Tam. That's literally what he says. Pram Tam. You may be a good wrestler, boy, but you're not ready for prime time. Between the hick Bob Holly doing a Hollywood gimmick. Yeah. And prime time, Brian Lee. Marty Howell is probably seething right now at well, the way we are poo-pooing over certain well, things. Let's get to the end here first before we make Fine. any judgments. No judgments yet. Yeah. So we go back to Caudle here with that guy. Apparently his name is Carl. You know, the shirtless guy that Dutch Bantel oh, right. manages. Yeah, yeah, him. And what's funny, Quinn, is he says he had a speeding ticket and was in jail and Dutch didn't help him. So I asked you, I said, so are you, what you're telling me is Dutch manages his money. And he got a speeding ticket, and Dutch was supposed to go pay the speeding ticket for him. And didn't. And it didn't. Right. But they sent him to jail. They didn't just come to him, sir, we need you to pay this speeding ticket. They sent him to jail. Is the, that real? The South might be very tough. When you ever see my cousin Vinny? It's called disclosure, you dickhead. 
Dutch is an asshole. He's dirty. He is he's, dirty. He is very, very I guess the implication dirty. is he spent all his money, so he didn't have any money to pay the speeding ticket. That's right. There yeah. you go. We can end the show again. Right. <laughs> all right. So anyway, so Dutch runs in then and he yells at him, but then we cut right away to our next match, which is... <laughs> Reno Riggins himself God, from Riggins. you know the jobber from WWF. Yeah, Reno Riggins, the jobber. Yeah, versus Killer Kyle, another jobber. He's dressed like Mister Hughes or Big Bubba. Take your pick, you whichever. Know, I, I told you, I thought this looked pretty cool when he came to the ring and he handcuffed the violin case or yes. whatever it is. This was the first guy on this show to actually stand out, right? He everyone like else, yeah. Everyone else is like, "I'm a wrestler." Yeah, you know, like, and, literally. Ha- and you know, they have like the redneck music playing and stuff. It was really, yeah. What was what was his? I don't know the name of the song. I'll probably dub it. We're probably okay. talking over it right okay. now. Okay, then. But it was a great song, and the guy, he again, he looked like Big Bubba or Mr. Hughes. It wasn't like a unique, he looked look, like a badass though. But it was, yeah, it was the only guy to really stand out. Everyone else is like, "Man, I like to wrestle, and I'm gonna win. And I'm yeah, gonna exactly. beat you." Exactly, but. This whole thing, this whole veneer of coolness gets taken down sucks. a notch very quickly. Yeah. Riggins, Riggins, to his credit, he carries a, a pretty quick pace for the first like minute Did or two. Did you ever think in the history of this show you would say Reno Riggins carried a match? Never. Yeah. I didn't think we'd see him on this, in <laughs> yeah. all honesty. I, th- I thought we would never see him outside of like Jobby and Jake the Snake or yeah. something on Superstars. <laughs> exactly. So he tries, he does a quick, you know, power, or um, he does a quick, fast paced thing, but Kyle has a power style you know he's a little slower yeah. a little more methodical and apparently quinn looked yeah. this up okay so as we're watching the match and I, I looked this up i'm like what did this guy do anything because he looks kind of cool or something right mm-hmm. so i come to find that he t- tag teamed with johnny swinger swinger <laughs> whatever his name is you know from remember he was in that ecw episode yeah and famously the chris jericho line yes. about remember his name zero out of ten yep he tag teamed with Swinger once, and they lost to the American Males. <laughs> That's in WCW. embarrassing. And uh, among other various WCW jobs, right. he did like Duggan and stuff like that. He WWF job too, right? A few times. It said that, but it didn't list any of those matches. Okay. So I, I don't know. So if our fans maybe know who. Yeah, <laughs> I'd never heard of this Kyle, guy before. The, the Bile. <laughs> Kyle Vile Kyle. Vile Kyle name. lost uh, to. You can tell us Killer Kyle. And you know what's funny? Yeah, the the guy's name is Killer Kyle. Yeah. He's got like a gangster suit on. Yeah. He's got a violin case, right? Yeah. That he handcuffs to something. And Bob Cottle acts like they don't know what's up with this guy. Yeah. He's they're, clearly they're a mafioso. He's either a mafioso <laughs> or, a hitman. or a hitman. He And he actually, it's cool because he looks like Hitman from the video from game the Hitman. Video game. But like years before that was yes, even a thing. That's true. And I also note this. You know what he also looks like? What? He looks like the time to make the donuts guy from Dunkin' Donuts if he had just shaved his head. Like, he literally just, like, his face is the same exact thing. That's not a compliment, yeah. though, really, is no, it? No, it isn't. So he goes up to the top and gets a foot in the face that he sells horribly. Yeah. That's when we really notice, like, this guy cannot sell. No. He's kind of stiff in the ring. He can't really work. And he wins with this crappy spine buster. And I, I say, time to make the donuts. But you know what's great about this also is... Bob Cottle or Dutch or somebody set, makes the remark, you're never going to see that anywhere or whatever. And I'm like, yeah. do you ever hear of Arn Anderson? <laughs> yeah, right. Like that in, in WCW where buster. all these people are from? Like what? Yes. And the funniest part, adding to this whole mystique of this guy. Yeah. The spine buster is called the rub out. 
Which not only is that a euphemism for you know, yeah, rubbing one out if right, you know what exactly. I mean, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it also means to kill somebody, right? <laughs> so yeah, exactly. How do they not know? They're all acting like we don't know what's in that well, vial. What's one this case, guy all about? What's this guy? He's yeah. a hitman. What's his deal? As he enters the ring, always carrying that violin case, and what's in it? That's a mystery to us and everybody else. Maybe they just didn't want to call him the hitman because Bret Hart wouldn't be like, you know, yeah. When you talk about Bob Holly stealing my attire, you know, yeah, the hitman gimmick is so popular but the like his vert kyle reese's version or whatever's of the hitman gimmick whatever his name is kyle vile yeah that's fine his version is so popular that there's wrestlers in like japan who like do the same thing today right right no it's a great gimmick but this guy sucked in the ring you know what's an awesome gimmick that's coming up so we go backstage with bob cardle and ron wright yeah who is an old man (laughs) in a wheelchair (laughs) with a black like it and he this is awesome <laughs> this whole thing is great he complains old man yells at cloud <laughs> yes about how some dastardly smoky mountain fan wrote a letter yes and had his aarp <laughs> discount suspended yes and now he can't buy his heart medicine and now he's mad and so is dirty white boy and had my discount card suspended and i can't even go out here and buy my heart medicine my arthritis medicine now what this, the fuck am I watching? This guy literally sounds like the um the cowboy on that commercial where his colostomy bags or whatever. What? You, the the ca- catheter cowboy, that's what he's called. Fine. This guy is like that just in a wheelchair. I believe you. But it seems like he would be right out of the commercials that would air during when this thing would be on. That's a fair point, yeah. Quinn. Now, you really did like this blanket. Yes, I was so aw- like such a good touch. That's totally cornet. And yeah. I, I give him props that on that. That is really good. This whole promo was cornet. The it, whole gimmick is cornet. It's great. And you mentioned how he's affiliated with the dirty white boy, yes. which makes sense. It totally makes yeah. sense. The dirty white grandpa. Yeah. So he has a great line too. He's like, "And you stay back from the ring and don't get blood on me." <laughs> awesome. Oh man, that's it, something I haven't seen enough of. A, a old guy in a wheelchair being no. an old man. Then we cut to uh, the ring and the song T. TNT again. Yeah, awesome. I'm I'm okay with that. I like ACDC, but didn't we just have this song in the AWA last week? They come out to TNT by ACDC. Very good. I know. Yeah. Yeah, Good song. song. Yeah. Remember that? But I mean, it's a popular song, and, and I do appreciate that. I'll give them some credit. The whole using popular music thing. I wish WWF could do that. They did until about yes, 85. They did, but they couldn't anymore because they were too popular and they'd have to pay for they'd it. They'd have to pay for it, exactly. Nobody which cares means, about this shit, so they, means, can just, <laughs> they can just put whatever on. Which means you can't get easy lover for WrestleMania, by the way. That's bullshit. Can you explain, Quinn? Okay, when- this one time, I was so outraged you couldn't even like find it anywhere that I just put it on YouTube myself because I was like, this needs to be preserved. It's an awesome intro, right? Yeah, the, you know, the intro where Vince is like, you know, Tito Santana versus the executioner, right. Ricky Steamboat versus Matt Bourne. And you, you have should easy, just, you should just cut it in right here. From Madison square garden, the world wrestling federation presents WrestleMania, the executioner to meet Tito Santana, special delivery Jones versus King Kong Bundy. I love it. Yeah, it's so good. And so I got upset that I couldn't hear that anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. So what do I do? I put it on YouTube just out of preservation. I don't put the whole show or anything. No, it was just like I just clipped out that part yep. from my VHS tape that I own. <laughs> right. And I put it on the internet. And what happens? They take it down in like five minutes. 
Yeah. Like, it was, like, very quick. It was literally gone in, like, in minutes. Yeah. I remember we went back to it and it was already gone. It was. It's like a conspiracy or something. <laughs> it's like they don't want this intro out there or something. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, it is Jumping Joey Mags and Nitro Danny Davis. Danny Davis. Now, it's not Danny Davis the ref, Dan Marsh. but or this like was Ronnie Davis. This was very interesting, Quinn. We both thought... Yeah. You know, since it's TNT, yeah, dynamite, right? We thought this was going to be Dixie Dynamite. I thought he was in the ring. I was confused, right? And I, I was asking you during the match, like, wait, which one's dynamite? Like, none of them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no one in this match is dynamite. And I wasn't even asking that to be ironic. I literally was like, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> like, and jumping Joey Mags, I feel like made some appearances in ECW a bit. I want to say he made appearances in WCW too, as like, the WCW. What do you, yeah, Bret like, Hart? <laughs> they're facing. Jim Cornette's, not Midnight Express, no, no, no. Jim uh-huh. Cornette's Heavenly Bodies. Now, this is interesting, Quinn. They're new. This they're, is what interests me. Yeah, they're brand new here. You were, like, all intrigued by this. Yeah, because it's like, I only know them being those fat slobs on WWF, and the joke was they were Heavenly Bodies, but they weren't. Yeah, but this is cool because it is Dr. Tom Pritchard, but it's the original partner, Sweet Stan Lane. Which was in the Midnight Express, but he wasn't even the original partner in the Midnight Express either. So it's like weird derivation off that. The Doctor of Desire, and Stan Lane's name is awesome. The Gangster of Love. Don't call him Maurice. (laughs) (laughs) The faces here dominate to start because I am very sure, before I even see it, that this is going to be your standard Midnight Rock and Roll Express tag team formula match. I mean, what else could it be? I mean, that's all Jim Cornette knows how to book in a tag <laughs> match. So, And as I'm typing that note, Bob Caudle brings up the Midnight <laughs> yeah, Express. of course he does. We always talk about how Cornette rode the coattails oh, of the Midnights. I mean, he's riding them all the way to the main event of Smoky Mouth His Wrestling. own promotion, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then we get some stalling. My favorite. I mm, love stalling. Wonderful, Nothing beautiful stalling. says a great wrestling match than doing nothing. Or headlocking. Yeah, or headlock. God. So Stan Lane tags in, gets punched, and then Joey Mags comes in. And he's Scott IRS Steiner, <laughs> as I call him. <laughs> he punches Stan Lane a real lot, too. Lane gets a neck breaker. Dr. Tom comes in with a body slam and a knee drop. Back to Lane, and they double team a bit. Mm-hmm. Mags plays Ricky Morton for a while. Of course he does, because this is what Jim Cornette loves. You know what's funny about that, though? What? Garvin or whatever, the guy that looks like him. <laughs> Finley. He, he has the haircut of Ricky Morton, but he's not playing Ricky Morton, if you noticed. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's true. Yeah. Offense, 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 and we await the hot tag. Mark Curtis gets distracted by Davis trying to enter, you know, that spot, and the bodies double team, and Quinn, you said, why are they taking so long to finish these assholes off? You know how I hate this, Joe. Yeah. Like, these guys are below them like right. by a lot even though this is like semi-finals of a tournament or whatever yeah. like nobody thinks that the, this tag team they just introduced managed by the owner of the company is going to like lose right they're clearly just going to win the belts or whatever the reward is a trophy <laughs> or a cup or, <laughs> a trophy like, that someone's girlfriend will break over someone right yeah whatever the hell the reward of the, they don't say by the way they don't say um you know what i'm thinking though quinn because bob coddle called Joey Mags and uh, Danny Davis here the Cinderella team. Hmm. That was a stupid thing to say. Yeah, that means they're going to lose. <laughs> right, exactly. <sighs> they're fighting Jim Cornette's team. Everyone knows that the Heavenly Bodies are going to win. Yeah. Anyway, Lane and Mags both go down, you know, the double down, yeah. and we get a false hot tag that Mark Curtis doesn't see. Cause, Why, Quinn? Because he's fatigued from ref in every single match. Every single match. I don't blame him. 
I really don't blame him. His suspenders are way too tight. He's probably cutting the circulation <laughs> off to his head. What is he supposed to do? He can't catch everything. He can't catch everything. He's but only it is, a human. It is funny that these guys suck so much that they could only get an illegal hot tag. That's true. There's no official hot tag. Yeah. So Pritchard gets like a head <laughs> shove to the mat. That the, the, This is awesome. Caudle calls this a DDT. It's not. It's, it's like very much not. It looked like he was doing the motion for dribbling a basketball. It's just that move where they like grab their hair and just slam them their face down mm-hmm. on the mat. But that's like usually just a move. Like it's it not a finisher. Finish anybody, yep. but here it does because Joey Mag sucks so much. Coddle says it was a whale of a match. Yeah, because it blew. Yeah, blew <laughs> ass chunks. And we go, <laughs> we go backstage to Coddle, who runs down the Armory Show again. Yeah, we know four, four cents. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Uh, yeah. Cornet for sense. <laughs> Cornet and the bodies running. Ah, motherfucker. Yeah, they <laughs> basically. <have> this, <laughs> this pissed me off here because. They have their robes on, and they look like they didn't wrestle. Yes, and I commented on this before, also, that the one where Barry Windham Jr., whatever, <laughs> came in, he looked like he didn't wrestle either right. before, but this confirms it for me, is that none of them wrestled. And that that makes me very upset, because, come on, Cornette, continuity. I thought you were yeah. a traditionalist. Yeah. I thought you cared about this stuff. They, they're they wearing their robes, and their hair is fine, and they're not sweating. At least dump water on their shirtless bodies. Yes, I know, but there is one thing that saved this. Yes. Dr. Tom's Piper impression. I love that. And Quinn and I only discovered this a couple of years ago, so forgive us, but like we didn't know that Dr. Tom basically like in the mid 80s, late 80s, whenever his stick was that he talked like Roddy Piper. Same thing. Well, I'm talking about two of the biggest studs that come along in the Smoten Mount Wrestling area forever. Literally, he literally the same. does like and a he, piper. He can't even he can't shake it here. Like no, he, he's still doing it here. Yeah. Now he definitely dropped it by the time they came to WWF, right? Because that's how I always knew him. Well, that would be gimmick infringement in the WWE. Vince can't have anybody <laughs> doing the same no. exact thing. It was very interesting though to hear the uh, the Roddy Piper version of yeah, Doctor Tom. It's awesome. I love it. And then Stan Lane cuts a very funny promo too, calling the place a puke hole. I agree. I love Stan Lane. Yeah. You know, if there's one puke hole that I hate to go to, it's Beckley, West Virginia. And then we cut to (laughs) White Lightning Tim Horner and his stupid glittery red jacket. He looks like shit. He does. He really looks bad. He's another one with like the yellow like mullet rat tail thing. Okay, it's 1992, guys. No more mullets. Enough (laughs) with the mullets. Well, this was the year of achy, breaky heart, you know, and um, what's his name? Sugar Ray Leonard? Whatever. His name? Achy, breaky. Billy Ray Cyrus. Billy Ray achy. But anyway... (laughs) He was out of style then. They were like I'm making fun of him then. <laughs> it's no get no more mullets. No, get him out of here, Doctor Tom. He was way late too. If it wasn't for Zip, he wouldn't have he wouldn't have cut his hair in the first place. Crush too. Crush had that mullet rocking throughout the mid nineties too until prison. So anyway, here, um, what's this guy's name? Tim Horner. Yeah, he sucks. <laughs> he sucks. He mumbles and draws on about how Mister Orndorff stinks, and I don't care if he beat Hulk Hogan. Or Oh, Rick Flair. All of those are lies. Yeah. That, none of that's right. true. Right. He basically, Tim Horner is basically saying, Mr. Orndorff beat Hogan, beat Flair, and, and Tim Horner is going to beat Orndorff. So basically, Tim Horner is saying he's better than Hulk Hogan yeah. and Ric Flair. The only people that I know that beat Hulk Hogan were like the Ultimate Warrior, the Mountie, and like somebody else. <laughs> like <laughs> Of all people. Yeah, it's true. Forget Yoko. Forget Undertaker. Yeah. The Mountie. He did. I know. Clean. He did. Yeah. He did. It's on film. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. Roll credits. Yeah, actual credits. So there you have <sighs> it. Smoky Mountain wrestling. All right. Now, folks, 
let's be let's be real here. Can we have a moment with our fans, Quinn? Yeah, sure. All right, gather around, everyone. If you were expecting us to crap on this, we're not. No, we might have sounded harsh just now, but because we like making fun of things that, yeah, that, that we can make fun of, and that's kind of the gimmick, right? Right, and that's just how we are, right? Yeah. Like we're we're fair here, right? This was not by any means bad. No, it wasn't bad. I wouldn't say it was great, but no. it was very much like I said thumbs in the middle. That's how I felt. Yeah, I think that's fair. Now, from what I understand, one of our fans on Twitter already let us know this because you kind of... Yeah. Now, they probably didn't know it was a spoiler, but you right. put the Smoky Mountain screenshot yeah. on as we were watching this, right? Well, yeah, because it looked like the Waltons or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or like eight is enough yeah. or something. One of yeah. those fucking shows. Yeah. And one of our fans said, this stuff is really good up to about episode 30, it's really slow, and then it heats right. up. And I believe it, fine. Here's the thing. How did anyone make it to episode 30? I don't know. That's a long time. That's like most of a year. Yeah, it's like over six months, yeah. right? From what I understand, Quinn, about Smoky Mountain, is Cornette never wanted this to be, you know, national, the way WWF or WCW was. That was never the intention. But where do you go with it? See, I always hate when people say that, because... Right. It's like it's a company, right? And the object of a company is to make money. So, like, yes. if you want to grow, you would eventually get big enough to be national. So, like, I guess, what? like, I don't know. Here's the thing. What do you think, you personally, mm-hmm. Quinn, what do you think the target audience was for this when it launched in 91? By the way, folks, I, I didn't explain this properly. I'm sorry. Smoky Mountain was from 91 to 95. Right. That it was Jim Cornette's promotion, and it was a throwback promotion like Bob Cottle says, wrestling the way it used to be and the way you like it. So, Quinn, considering that, what do you think was the promotion's target demographic for something like this? It was probably people who watched the end of their local NWA territory, not even Crockett's per se, but whatever right. the local Florida or maybe some people because it was on TBS. So it was national. Right. So that was the national representation of the NWA. But maybe Florida or right. South or one of those. It was probably the people who loved Dusty Rhodes or Ric right. Flair. Mm-hmm. And those guys weren't getting as much airtime okay. by that point. Right. right. Yep. That's what they wanted. They wanted this old school style of, you know, squash matches and young up and comers with a smattering of old people and that kind of thing. It was not progressive. Sure. It wasn't progressive. You're right. The reason why I put the ECW comparison at the beginning Mm -hmm. was because I feel like literally this is like the dividing point of all wrestling. And these guys went in one direction. Like, think of ECW like liberals, right? Sure. Like, they're extreme left-wingers. Okay, fair. Yes. And this is the right wing. This is the right wing. Extreme right and extreme left. Uh Uh-huh. And they don't, they're nothing like each other. They hate each other. Sure. Too, because. I understand. This was, like, basically the ECW for, like, conservative wrestling fans. That's a really good way to put it. Yeah. So what would Vince be then? The moderate Vince? He's he's center. He's center. He's ever for. And WCW at this point, right? They were trying to get to that WCW was trying to be that center. Mainstream appeal. I think WCW was, like, center right. Right. Center right. And Vince was probably a little center left as time went on, obviously, right? Right. That's a really great way to look at it. And I can't say that I didn't like this. I didn't not like it. But it wasn't great. No, and it was nothing... There was nothing to make me want to come back. What ECW was doing only, you know, a year or two later... Yep. I felt like every episode was like, I want more. 
Sure. But this doesn't make me want more. It makes it puts me in that mood of this never ending thing that's just going on, which was how the Crockett show was a lot. Not to say that was bad. Right. And it kept you coming. But by 1992, storylines were a little more advanced by that point. They, they were more about continuity. And that's true. Like bringing you back cliffhangers, that kind of thing. And not only that, think about it, folks. By 1992, WWF. And the reason I always fall back on that is because guess who's still around, right? Yeah. So what had they just come off of? WrestleMania uh, eight, 8, yes. Right? And at WrestleMania 8, just to name people, forget about the wrestling matches. I'm just naming people, yeah. right? Hulk Hogan. Right. Bret Hart. Roddy Piper. Ric Flair. Ric Flair. Jake Roberts. Shawn Michaels. The Undertaker. These are people that stood out. I'm not even talking about their wrestling quality. Right. They stood out. They were superstars. The only guy to me, I know this besides because I already know who Cornette is and I know who the yeah. Heavenly Bodies are. The only guy who stood out on this show was that Killer Kyle. There was Killer Kyle. I would say primetime Brian Lee looked like a star of the future. He yeah. looked like a star of the past. He looked like Barry uh, Windham. You think so? I, I don't know. He looked he looked young, though. He looked he actually, looked young, he yes. Looked very young. Like this, There could be more to this guy in the future. He's big. He's got the build for it. Fine. And he would carry on. He would, he'd be a mid-carder, but he would, you know. He was also a pretty big deal in ECW. Yes, he was. He was. He, but, he, but he was a lower to mid-carder guy. And he was chains. For most of his career. <laughs> and the under-faker. The point is, is he had legs. But overall... Yeah, it's all right. I mean, but I, it has such a cult following. So, folks, if you have suggestions for what we should watch, maybe, yeah. if we want to revisit Smoky Mountain, yeah. let us know. And I know Marty is signing up for that. Yeah, tell us tell us a good episode. <laughs> tell us what's good. Because, you know, we always do these bad shows, but, you know, every once in a while, yeah. you know, we can take a recommendation of a good show. Absolutely. And Quinn and I did not go into this with anybody we legitimately and i mean this we tried we went into this as impartial as possible yes we really didn't want to try to slant it one way the stuff we made fun of is stuff that we would normally make fun of yeah i mean you, you know just remember that 94 superstars that's wwf yeah. and we we, <laughs> right. we beat that horse until it was dead for like four episodes exactly yeah. we're, we're not you know been or above or beneath making fun of that kind of stuff but overall yeah it was okay yeah. It yeah. was just okay. It was just a show. It that, was just that's a the show. best I can say about that particular episode. Maybe there's some breakthrough episode that I don't know about. Right. Yeah. But speaking of shows, folks, we thank you so much for being with us for 40 of them. Yes. Crazy. And we, of course, will be back next week, Monday, July 24th, for Season 5, Episode number 41. What's the format going to be? Who knows what's going to be happening? I when? don't even know right now. We No one knows, yeah, actually. No one, it's a mystery. It's a big cliff. The cliffhanger! There it is! There it it's is! It's finally here! We finally had a cliffhanger because we don't even know what our yeah. format's yeah. going to be. So until that time, folks, thank you so much for your support. Thank you for listening. You can, of course, reach us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Email us at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. Go to the Facebook group and, of course, review us on iTunes. We love to hear from you and we'll be doing more of that next season. Quinn, that's all I got to say. Anything else? I'm hanging on the cliff. Joe! Joe! (laughs) I got you, man. Joe! So long, folks. Yeah, David, David, (laughs) David Copperfield. David? Is it David? You want to try that again? David Copperfield? (laughs) You can't say it as a question because then it's going to sound like... What was I saying? (laughs) I don't even know. 
we get a recap. <laughs> We're not going to be able to do it. Just get it all out first. I can't. I told you we didn't need no, to. No, it's make- fine. We're going to do it. Okay, um, I'm ready. I'm ready. Um, um. Okay. Three, two, one. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> <laughs> this is not happening. No, we're gonna do it. We have to be professionals, okay? <sighs> so we get a recap of the WWF Quinn. Come <laughs> <laughs> on, I'm trying here. I'm trying. I'm trying. You know, you know what it is. I keep, <laughs> I keep seeing that. In three, two. <laughs> I can't do this. In three, two. <laughs> Why? Why are you still laughing? I told you we should just ignore this. We can do it. I just have to focus on, like, something else. Like, I'm just going to look at this action figure, okay? You're going to start laughing because of his stupid eyes. (laughs) So, Quinn, we get a recap of the WWF. How are you laughing already? Come on. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. <clears throat> One for the homeland. All right. One for Mother Russia. Let's do One it. for Mother Russia in three, two, one. So, Quinn, we get a nice recap of the WF. They were at an event, which I thought it was very tastefully done. <laughs> Come on! Oh, I'm so- doing so good here. <laughs> I just... <laughs> <laughs> it's so close. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>